Did you just ask me if I remember Charlie <laughs> Ward? You remember that guy? Yeah, I remember that guy. He's pretty good. Pretty good player. Uh, we're rolling, by the way. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, we are? Yeah. That was on. Oh, it was? Yeah. Okay. You asking me whether I remember Charlie Ward. Yeah, you remember that guy? That was right after you asking me if I know where Liberty High School is. <laughs> I don't think you get out of the house much, so I'm surprised when you I know don't, things. Yeah. I don't. I don't get out of the house much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Liberty thing caught me off guard. So whenever you're ready to start, we can start. Even though I've been rolling, maybe we should just start from the Charlie Ward reference. Well, you know, you came in here. What? what how do we get on the co- topic of the conversation of Utah State? Oh, Cougars. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cougars lost to Utah State on like the last play, 11 seconds to go in the game. Yeah. It was a good it was a good weekend for Washington schools, wasn't it? Well, you know, I've said in Big the past schools. that um, when I did sports radio like you did at KJR. You did sports radio? Would you call what you did sports radio? Yeah, some would call it the golden years when I was there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Golden years. The show's, yeah. Gas's show never sounded better. Yeah. So, I heard from Gas this week. Come on. Yeah. He sent me a text. He wants to send me his new book. I told him, don't send me. I'll buy one. Oh, that's very nice of you. <laughs> anyway, I was yeah. saying, this was the best job in the world doing sports radio sometimes. Yeah. A lot of the time, it's the best job you could have. It's the exact worst job in the world <laughs> after games like Saturday. Let's talk about that Husky game for three days in a row for four hours a day. That sounds awesome. What the hell was I looking at? During that game, <laughs> are we start? We haven't even started yet. Uh, just keep rolling. We haven't out. even, we we haven't even done a sound check yet. <laughs> okay. You want right. to do the one, two, three, four, five? Go ahead. One, yeah. two, three. Oh, one, two, three, four, five. That's good. That's good. You sound great. Thank you so much. You sound great. <laughs> How did noticed. we get it? So we got on the topic of Utah State. Yeah. It was a and, and you yeah. said to me before we started, even though it was kind of when we started, you said, "Well, Utah State's better than Montana, right?" Yeah, it's less embarrassing to lose to Utah State, right? I'm not going to pretend to know now, like, who's got a better team on a neutral field if Utah State played Montana for yeah, the national yeah. championship. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. I, I would say, traditionally speaking, I know more about Utah State. Yeah. And then you said, what did you say? Isn't that where Bobby Wagner went? That's exactly what you said. Yeah. That's right. And I said, yes. Okay. Which reminded me of a nice a nice stump the band question oh. to start the show. All right. Episode 157. Well, I, you, you know me. I know sports, so let it fly. Do you remember when the Seahawks drafted... Bobby Wagner? Yeah. Like 2012, they drafted Bobby Wagner, a little known, a little known linebacker in the second round out of Utah State. Yep. And you probably said, or Seahawks fans probably said, wow, they're drafting a guy from Utah State in the second round of the draft. Yeah. Which would be different. Sure. What if I told you, what if I told you, didn't the guy always say that on the documentaries? What if I told you <laughs> that not only do the Seahawks draft other players from Utah State... What if I told you they drafted another guy from Utah State in that same draft? Whoa. In the fourth round. They did. What if I told you that? Well, I could be making it up. Yeah, I would think you're lying. Or I could sure. be serious. Oh, boy. I could be telling you <laughs> that the Seahawks in 2012 took Bobby Wagner out of Utah State and then two rounds later went right back to the Utah State program mm. and drafted a guy who made the team. And okay. it's not like an obscure guy he would say who, who would remember him. He made the team. He played for them for a few years. Okay. He contributed to the team. He was a pretty good, solid player. He came from the same Utah State program. Wow. So they're definitely better than Montana. All these players getting drafted. <laughs> well, they were in 2011, right. yeah, 2012. <laughs> sure. Yes. Okay, so th- the question that's, is, you're that's asking the me. the question. Okay. Was it a running back? Yes, it was. Robert Turbin? Yes. Thank you. Yes. 
He used to drive me nuts, actually, Robert Turbin. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have brought it up. Well, it, when you Sensitive look at the subject. No, not at all. When you look at him physically. <laughs> no, not at all. No, he looks like you made him out of like a running back machine. Okay, put the muscle muscles are a nine. You know what his speed nickname is? Was? A, I mean, he. Do you looked, remember his nickname? No. The Incredible Hulk. It was. Oh, either he loved the Incredible Hulk. Oh. Or he was the Incredible Hulk. But you looked at he was chiseled. He's the perfect running back. Yeah, oh, he right? was the perfect running. He, back. he wasn't slow. He had decent moves. He had yeah. power. He yeah. had it all. Yeah, he had it all. Just never had like that breakout. Never. Even, I don't remember even like a game where he had like 200 yards or something crazy. Right? He looked like he should be the best running back in the NFL. And for some reason, there's a lot of guys who look like they I should guess be the so. Best. I mean, you look like you should that's be right. like the 75th best running back <laughs> in the NFL. Right. You, didn't, you didn't get close to that. I'll take 75th, believe me. <laughs> so he liked the Incredible Hulk, and Bobby Wagner liked the. Um, He's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think I saw Bobby Wagner at an airport one time, and I think he has the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle backpack, if I'm not mistaken. Well, he, did, he did back when he was drafted. Oh, I remember okay. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I definitely remember that. Yeah. And he's not yeah. small either when I saw him in person. No, I was oh, like, he's, wow. but he plays linebacker. Yes. He's not supposed to be small. That's true. Yeah. I'm actually kind of impressed that you got Robert Turner. Oh, really? Did you look it up? Well, no, I used to do a sports radio show at KJR, Stop a Seattle it. sports station. What um, you guys did was not sports radio. <laughs> Stop that. All right. Go, calm, calm down, Mr. Bigger Dance over there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Episode 157. This is the tease. We are counting you down. Well, kickoff in college football as most of us know by now didn't go so swell but uh, the nfl this weekend actually thursday night and yeah. then this weekend week one of a 17 game nfl season this is episode 157 um i should tell you to subscribe listen and to rate us on a scale from one to five stars if you don't mind no no there's no scale of one to five if they're not five we don't want them yeah but the scale is one to five we Not, get mostly five-star okay. ratings. All right. We get a lot of five-star ratings. We got a five-star rating from Melissa M. Real Estate that was posted on the Apple Podcast site. Okay. It says, the best podcast. Oh. Five stars, Melissa M. Real Estate. I never listened to podcasts before. Before I found Mitch Unfiltered, it has opened a new world for me, says Melissa. I learn about sports weekly. Scott has done a great job working alongside Mitch as well. I commute to Seattle from Lake Stevens, and it makes the time pass so quickly. I share the link of the podcasts with my 81-year-old dad, (laughs) who loves the show just as much as I do, and we discuss different interviews from the podcast. I would highly recommend to anyone to listen to to this podcast they're having like a book club about the podcast That's i amazing. love the fact that melissa a shares the podcast yes. with her 81 year old dad that that hits me right here right right the other thing i love about it is she calls us the best podcast but she's never listened to any other podcast. <laughs> That's true. So how the hell would she know? But although it did open a brand new world to her, so maybe... Yeah, maybe she's listening to others now. And I hope not. There hasn't been any better than us. No. No, so no, maybe that's what be. she means, yeah. The Bonester. Okay. <laughs> All right. Love him. On September 1st, 2021, he posted this to the Apple podcast site. Great Seattle podcast, five stars. Great listen for Seattle sports. Hearing Hopscotch Scott. Yeah. It's a T-Man reference. I oh, told really? you, yeah, Tepper didn't like saying Hotshot Scott. He just, I think it annoyed him. You know why? Well, I partly, well, you think it's because you've invented the name. <laughs> 
it is. It's totally because I, if he had invented Hot Shot Scott, it would not have annoyed him. Maybe. And I would have had the same reaction <laughs> had I acquired some somebody from his show yeah. and I had to call that person by a nickname that he invented I would have hated the I would have hated the reference that might be part of it. I think also it's, it's just the a, whole thing it's a stupid name though it sounds so stupid no, hotshot Scott it's, it sounds it's like fabulous. hokey and kind of like it's great anyway so he used to call me that from time to time how could he even say that hopscotch Scott I can't even say that yeah well he would I don't know okay yeah Hearing Hopscotch Scott again <laughs> takes you back to the glory days of Cube and the T-Man show. Brady Henderson has quickly surpassed John Clayton and everyone else as the nation's best Seahawks journalist and analyst. Five stars. Nice. Thank you. Nice? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the compliment. Brings you back to the glory days of Cube. When I See, everything I touch is glory days. <laughs> this proves it right here. When I was at KJR, those were the glory days. Cube, wherever I go. Oh, I'm still gosh. waiting on the podcast to make it the glory days. I'm sure, you know, not everyone thinks Do that. Do you recall whether I announced the password for the Beat the Boys competition, which starts this week? I do recall. Do you remember if I did it in the T section or did I do it in segment one? Oh, you're talking about last year? or the Yeah, la- last year. Because, you know, you need a password to make right. your first week selections. It starts this week. Everybody, we want everybody to play. To get in, you go to, If I think if you had one last year, you don't even have to go through my website. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But you sure. can go to MitchUnfiltered.com, and across the top, it says, you know, beat the boys and yep. yada, yada, yada. But you need the password, and I need to give you the password each week. And I couldn't remember preparing for this show whether I did it in the T section or I did it in, in segment one. I can't say with 100% certainty, but yeah. I think it was segment one. See, I thought it was the T. Oh, did you? <laughs> All right, we're back to square square zero or whatever. All right. Yeah, I, I don't okay. know for sure, but I think segment one's, okay. but I don't know. Okay, well, Beat the Boys starts up this week. Yep. It's our second annual. It's presented by Fireside Home Solutions. John Waterstrat and his team has put together a great package for us. So we've got the beat, and it, I don't think I have to explain too much about it. It's a very simple contest where you're picking the outcomes of three NFL games every week. And they're the three games that we we give you right. okay you just got to tell us who's going to win yep. you go there each week the, the 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 trick and the catch is you got to have the password each week to be able to make your picks right and where do you get the password by listening to mitch unfiltered because we need listeners that's right so this is what we do okay this yeah, is part for of our health everybody we got we got cash prizes we've got daniel's gift certificates mm. we've got zeke's gift certificates we've got free monthly uh, patron shows we've got all kinds of Every single person who over 18 weeks comes up with more right answers than our entire team of boys, which is you, me, producer Steve, and Slickhawk, the four of us, we're the team. Anybody who beats all four of us over the course will get a prize one way or the other. Yep. That means you could finish... You could finish 521st if we all finish 522nd or lower. <laughs> could happen. I'm handing out 521 <laughs> prizes. You're still again. paying it off from last year. Aren't you? Still paying it off from still last. Still washing people's That's cars right. and that That's kind of right. thing. So I need to give the first week's password. Can't believe it's here. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Slickhawk. I like it. All right. All lowercase. That's just gonna ask. Yep, yep. All lowercase. S one word. Everybody. S l i c k h a w k. Slickhawk, and that will take you to the three games, which are the Arizona Cardinals against the Tennessee Titans, the Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. Good one. And the New Orleans Saints versus the Green Bay Packers. Okay. You will need to make. Three choices 
in the Beat the Boys competition. Uh, it's always tough at the beginning of the year, isn't it? Very tough. You don't know what you're looking at, right? right? Like they, they I mean, I would have thought Washington would beat Montana. <laughs> <laughs> have we even started the show yet? No, we haven't started yet. But don't they say, like, that's the one time you can sort of get one in on Vegas? Like the first two or three weeks of the but season. But can you? Do you know more? Well, what, what do you know? I said you can. I didn't say I what will. What they're saying is that Vegas doesn't really know. But do we know? Well, we could do our homework if we really wanted to beat all the people in this contest. What kind of homework? I don't know. Tell me what I need to do. <laughs> I don't know. You're making things up. <laughs> I am as I go. You're totally making things but up. But they, they oftentimes, like, they, they don't know either, so they get the lines wrong, and you can you right. can jump in maybe. So, right. yeah, but I don't know. I have no I'm looking at the what you, Saints and Packers. Drew Brees is gone. Yeah. I, I don't know. Name the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Is it Taysom, Taysom Hill? Is that no. his name? Um, is it... Is it... I know they were having a battle, right, during preseason. He played at this team, Florida State. He's gotten in trouble along the way with oh. some off-the-field off the issues. Was he stealing steaks or something yeah, at one point? I think point? he was doing a lot of things at one point. <laughs> Jameis Winston? Jameis Winston. <laughs> That's right, okay. He's the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Well, there you go. Who's the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, tough guy, if you if you were doing the glory days of, of sports radio? You Packers? Gastineau. <laughs> Let me think about it. <laughs> Aaron something? Aaron something. Okay, That's good. That's right. All right, so pick the, the three games. You're going to remember to do it or I have to remind you? Well, it's, it's funny you say that because somebody on Twitter sent me a message yeah. and said, hey, something about beat the boys. I just kind of yeah. scanned the me- I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, did that start? <laughs> like, crap, I'm going to miss the first week. <laughs> the season hasn't started I, I know, yet. but it just it made me panic. Yeah. And this is why I don't do fantasy or anything. I, just, I always forget. Of course you do. I always forget. Of course you do. It's because the worst. You, know, you, you have no attention span. No what? You have no you have no ability to concentrate and focus on anything. That's bull crap. <laughs> it's, is it really though? You see the score of this game? It's pretty good right here. <laughs> so no, I, I won't forget. I'll you like, won't forget. I'll, you didn't forget one time last I year. Didn't. I was actually very proud yeah. of you. When I want to apply myself, when I want to, it's no, rare. No, you. When can't. I want to, no. I can get stuff done. That's that's not actually true. <laughs> well. It did work at Microsoft I've known you for, for a, a while. long time. Fine, fair enough. Okay, you have a reputation. I did go kicking and screaming into adulthood. That I will give you. <laughs> <laughs> I made the class clown last as long as I could. <laughs> oh. Guests on this episode 157. Well, this show, we decided to treat this show as kind of a launching pad of the corner that we're turning on Mitch Unfiltered. So right. we're about three years old now. November will be three years old. Okay. We've done 300 some odd shows. We've always done kind of the Monday show and the Thursday show and a little bit more during football season. We decided to branch out and do more kind of shortest shows. So we're going to do the Monday show. The Monday show is not changing. The show you're listening to right now will still be Mondays. We'll still be two hours or whatever long. We'll still have three guests and we'll we'll do the normal free show for everybody on Mondays. But... Patron shows, if you want to become a patron, you go to MitchUnfiltered.com, become a patron, $5 a month. We're going to branch out a little bit and do a flurry of shows during the and see if it works. Love it. So Slickhawk is now on the team. I'm doing a weekly show with Slickhawk that posts on Fridays. Um, Randy Mueller is on the team. Jason Locke and Form Peter King have been on the team. Uh, we've got the Seahawks notate. We're going to do about five or six shows per week, crazy weekly during the football season. I'm going to work a little bit that this sounds like season. it, yeah. And we're going to see. And then at, at the end of football season, we're going to figure out: Do we want to? What, what do we want? Do we want to do anything moving forward? Maybe we just quit. <laughs> okay. I don't know whether <laughs> I, I'm, I'm throwing good. I'm throwing the kitchen sink at the listeners, or I, I guess it's really at the patrons. I'm, I'm throwing the kitchen sink at the patrons yeah. to see if they enjoy 
a number of different shows during the football year. Okay? Love it. So, on this episode 157, we're going to hear from Rick Neuheisel because college football season has started. And then we're going to hear from Peter King, Randy Mueller, Slickhawk, the guys that are making up the new schedule of for patrons on Mitch Unfiltered. Gotcha. Okay? All right? We're going to give them a little, a little freebie at first, right? Yeah, kind yeah, of. A, a little taste. It's not a freebie. It's just, hey, this is what we're doing okay. to introduce it. We're introducing it to the masses. Love it. Got it? Yep. But before we begin, Hotshot Scott, a few words about our partners. Mitch Unfiltered, not possible without them. Just ordered a brand new outdoor fireplace unit from John Waterstrat and Fireside Home Solutions. They were over to make perfectly sure that everything will be ideal. FiresideHomeSolutions.com. The winter is coming around the corner. They're your first stop shop. Jordan Flowers and his team is now the official Kirkland home of Cross Country Mortgage, offering the best refinance rates on your home and now with access to some new construction loan products that are second to none. How much can you save every month? 425-890-2957. Check them out. Jordan Flowers, Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers working together to bring retirement planning taxes and investments under one roof. EvergreenGK.com, more than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. Zeke's Pizza from Tacoma to Bellingham and now east to Spokane. Zags fans will have a new one coming. Uniquely Northwest with the best craft beer selection you'll find anywhere. Zeke's Pizza or download the Zeke's Pizza app, homegrown in the Northwest. Daniel's Broiler still wants you hiring across the board from busboys to waiters to hostesses to bartenders, full-time, part-time, and the Hyatt Regency downtown location reopening its bar room too. If you or someone you know is looking for a job, danielsbroiler.com or just stop in to any of the locations Daniel's Broiler world-class steakhouses. Neuheisel and Slickhawk and King and Randy Mueller. This is a really good one. Episode 157 begins right now. Unfiltered. If they come out of the gate in Indianapolis, the first game of the season on September the 12th or whatever the number is, and they start throwing the ball all over the field, they go right down the field. I will will be a proponent of no starter ever playing a preseason game (laughs) in Seattle the rest of their careers. Unfiltered. The Dolphins are in... Hot pursuit of Deshaun Watson, even though Tua's looked really good in the preseason. I think he's looked pretty good in the preseason, but I don't know. That's Plus, right. he, he may when he arrives at Miami International Airport, he may get off the plane at the gate, and there could be a memo waiting for him. You right. have been suspended for two years by the NFL. Mitch is unfiltered. So episode 157 is now officially underway. It is. And we had to sit there and watch the Huskies. Wait, sorry, is this the segment we can talk about or do we have to wait? You can talk about it all you like. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. I recorded the game. Yeah. I don't even know if you have to record games anymore. You probably could just go back and find it somewhere. But I I set the recorder to record the game. Yeah. And I went out. I went out doing errands with my wife on Saturday, figuring. Big Saturday for you. Am I really gonna watch the freaking game? It's Montana against Washington. <laughs> right, right, right. Am I gonna really watch this game? And I, it doesn't matter where we were, but we were at one of our errands, mm-hmm. one of our stops, and there was a TV up. And I think the game before it must have been running late. Yeah, it was uh, USC. 
The USC game went long. Some game because I yeah. looked in the distance and I was like, should I look? I, I'm recording it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, I was like, and, and, I, and I think I said to her, it was past um, five o'clock. Mm-hmm. My two boys, by the way, were both at the games with different people. So okay. the two Levy boys were there. The third one was not there. Um, and I look over at the at the TV on the wall of the place we were visiting. Yeah. And it's got it's past five and they've got like some USC game on. I'm yeah. like, what the hell's wrong with these people? Don't they know the Washington game has started? Well, there's the Pac-12 network and then there's the Pac-12 Washington network. So you could have oh. gone to the Pac-12 Washington network and that. it would have been on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Or you go on the app and you could have watched it too. Really? Where do I? Do you know the numbers? No. Okay. I don't even know if I have it. If I just, I, I, I read that. Anyway. But yeah, it was. It was, it, it couldn't have been 515 when they cut into the game that I they, that was on, the USC game or whatever game that was running late, yeah. to show that Washington scored, I believe, on their very first possession. Very first drive. They showed, uh, it was, I, I couldn't even see in the distance. It was like a running play across, uh, in the middle of the line that yeah. went for a touchdown. Is that oh, right? World beaters. Seven first nothing. Drive. Seven nothing. They're going to the crap out of them. And I turned to her and I said, I, I, I don't even see myself watching. I mean, I, <laughs> I have to for the podcast, right. but this is going to be like 70-something. And then we went to the next place, and she said, she looked at her phone, she said, 7-3. I'm like, really? And then we went to the next place, and she said, still 7-3. I said, your phone's not working. Right. And then she went to the next place, and it was, you know, you know, it's still 7-3. I'm like, did they stop the game? Was there a hur- hurricane, or was there lightning in the right. area? Yeah, There's yeah, no yeah. way it's still They scored on their first possession. That's right. And then we walk into the house after all the errands, and we're midway through the third quarter, and it's still 7-3. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. How is that possible? So explain to me. How is it possible? I have no explanation. I have no explanation as to what I was looking at. I, you should have an explanation. You're a sports guy. This oh, that's is the, right. You're, you're part of the glory years, the glory days of Mitch Unfiltered. That's right. So come on. Tell me what happened. It looked like the Husky offensive line couldn't do anything. They just, for some reason. Bad offensive line. And they've got an offensive line that's supposed to be pretty good. And one of the guys yeah. is like one of the all-world offensive linemen in college. That's football. right. Yeah. Okay. Um, they had three receivers out. Three Not receivers. making excuses. I think four receivers all four? together out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know why because it's mysterious. Some are hurt. Yeah. Some are in street clothes. We don't know why because this is the whole college thing, the whole Jimmy Lake. Hey, I'm not going to share. I, I got I got a comment about that okay. after you finish. Well, we'll I think continue. it's more of a Jimmy Lake thing. He chooses well, not to there's talk a, about injuries. There's a lot of college football coaches that do this. They hide not only injuries, who's playing, who's not, so that you're surprised on. Oh, okay. You're always surprised when you turn on the t- TV and you see the opening kickoff. You see guys on the sideline like, we didn't know that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, got a, I got a comment about that here in a okay. second. But what, what and else? Dylan Moore, quarterback, took a lot His of shit. His name is Dylan Morris. Morris, yeah. You want to go with Morris, not Moore. Took a lot of shit on Twitter and social media. Oh, yeah. for. Should he be? Well, it's one game. I mean. Uh, should yes. He, he, I, should he be tossed out of school? Yes, he should. He had yeah. some passes that were questionable, you know. The quarter and a half that I saw when they needed him most, yeah. he threw a lot of balls behind slants and not good throws. A couple and of There picks. were a couple of, dro- couple of picks that I saw. Yeah. One pick did go off of the receiver, but I, I was not. I, in the quarter and a half that I saw, I was wondering, is there an offensive coordinator? I know there's a guy named Donovan who's the offensive coordinator. Yeah. But what is he doing? What is Jimmy Lake doing? You're calling this game like you're playing the freaking 1985 Chicago Bears. You're playing Montana. <laughs> right. Okay. You're not even playing Utah State. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and he never, at least from what I saw, it doesn't look like he ever threw the ball long. Like never even took a couple shots down the field. And maybe that's a function of the receivers, receivers being yeah. out. Who yeah. knows? The offensive line not protecting. Yeah, yeah it all works The together, defense was fine, right? They only gave up. Yeah, it was As fine. it turns out, 10 points or whatever it was. I, people are saying it's the most embarrassing loss in the history of the Husky program. 
I'm no historian, but people are saying that. How can that be? It's a good question. I mean, that can't be. It's Montana. Yeah, but they've it's had big some. Sky. They've had some really good teams that were supposed to make, that must have lost some to somebody. I mean, I, I don't. Well, I don't there's know, a 1985 them. team that yeah. lost to Oregon State. They were like 28 point favorites or something. Right. But that's a Pac-10 school. Back that is a Pac-10 school. That to me, that's way different. It's full of Pac-10 players at the time. It's really hard. Not to overreact. You know, everybody says, don't overreact to one game. Yeah. Even though it's Montana and it's Washington and they were 20th ranked. It's really hard not to overreact. <laughs> how do you, I mean, how do you not ask if Jimmy Lake is in over his head? If he's over his skis, whatever the expression is. How do you not ask, is Dylan Morris even the best quarterback on this team? How do you not ask... Should Sam Heward be playing right out of whatever it was, Kennedy High School, walking on a – should yeah. he just be playing? Is he not the best guy? How do you not overreact? I don't want to over, – I don't right. want to be that guy, the guy in, you know, Tequila who writes on Twitter <laughs> and tags me. But everybody's jumping off of bridges and buildings. It's hard not to, though. It's Montana. It's Montana. I know. That's what I can't get over. Like if it was Rutgers or, you know, like – So a, what do you do? I mean, you can't – you can't – you're not going to fire the coach. The coach could take the quarterback out, but you're going to Michigan, right? You can't handle Montana. 110,000 people are going to be there. You can't ask Sam Heward to go out in his first ever game as a true freshman and start. I know the whole world wants Sam Heward in there, but come on. That's not not fair to Sam Heward. No, I would agree. So what I would say is you take Dylan Morris, your veteran. You go to Ann Arbor. You do the best you can. Hopefully you guys snap out of it. Maybe even you beat a Michigan team. Maybe you don't. Maybe you get throttled. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. But then I think Arkansas State, right? Yep. Now, Arkansas State, you know how Montana is not even a Utah state? <laughs> yeah. Arkansas State's not even Montana. Okay. Okay. I would think outside of Dylan Morris lighting Michigan up, I mean, you're not taking the job away from Dylan Morris if he lights Michigan up and they win the game and right. he throws for 400 yards. But I would find ways either way because you're probably going to blow Arkansas State out. Don't say that. You're going to probably, I'm saying it, you're going to probably blow Arkansas State out. I, I would think that you got, I mean, unless you're thinking about redshirting him. And, well, that's the question. But you're not redshirting. He's not staying four years. If he's as good as everybody says he is, no quarterback stays four full seasons. In this case, five if you redshirt him. Yeah. Now, so, but yeah. if, you're, if, you're, if you have any thought, if you're Jimmy Lake and Donovan and whomever, and you have any thought that, hey, we'd like to, we're open to the idea of Sam Heward playing this year, if you are that, then I would think you get him snaps against Arkansas State. Here, in front of about 20,000 to show up, all right, 60,000 to show up, it's Arkansas State, soft landing, you let him throw some balls, let him get accustomed, let him, and then make your evaluation for the fourth, fifth, sixth games. Would you have done that anyway had they beat Montana to kind of have a look at him against an easy team, or is this simply because... Well, Morris looked terrible in the first game. Well, I would. Well, like it's more because Morris looked terrible in the first game. Okay. At the end of the day, the quarterback needs to have support. And I, I'm not making excuses for, for Morris. Sure. No, you're right. I'm yeah. not making excuses for the play calling. But look, if their best three wide receivers were not there, how many teams can lose their best three wide That's receivers right. and then throw the ball down the field and have this magnificent dynamic pass offense? Yeah. Especially if you're not, you're telling me that the offensive line didn't protect very well. Well, I mean, they didn't I, run block. You, very you well, could I'll tell be, you, that. you could be, you know, Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma was going to win the Heisman Trophy. You know, take away his three best wide receivers and it probably, you know, paralyzes what you can and cannot do. Yeah. I, I think, 
I think they should get snaps for Sam Heward against Arkansas State. Okay. Now maybe you maybe it's after they're up thirty-five nothing, and they take Dylan Morris out of the game in the third quarter. Thirty-five nothing. Forty-two nothing. Forty-nine nothing. Whatever it is, maybe it's those kind of snaps. But then, how much can you really throw? I'm thinking you put Sam Heward in the game when. He can still throw the ball around a little bit and get. That's just my idea. Okay, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm open to it. I'm open to anything. I'm glad at this you're open. Point. To it. I, I, and and as for as for Jimmy Lake, I think you let him coach against Michigan, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe you, you you bring some other guys in and just ease other people in against Arkansas State. You take the the headset away from Jimmy Lake. I was at a game in like 2008 or something, and yes. they lost to I think Reno. At home. Yeah. That one felt... Well, that's the University of Nevada. Was it Nevada? Well, Reno is the University of Nevada, I think. uh, Whatever. I think. It was a shit program, and they lost at home to them. That one hurt. Okay. This hurts more. For some reason... Why does this hurt so much? Montana. You can still win the Pac-12. You can oh. still go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, I don't think you can win the national championship. No. It's always out. great having your season done after week one, by the way. How fun is that? Cougar fans, Husky oh, fans. I know. And by the way, I think I need to apologize to Mike Leach because I took a shot at him on Twitter. Not you really, did? but did you tag him? No, I don't okay. do that. Okay. Yeah, I don't get I don't do I hate when people like tag me and then like somebody famous. And like I don't know why it annoys me when people anyway. His team, did you watch any of the Mississippi State game? No. They were down. I don't even know what happened. They were down thirty-four to fourteen in like the third quarter. Yeah, like they were getting their asses. And kicked. you took a shot at them, and they came back and. Won. I was just laughing that after three quarters of the season, Mike Leach is on the hot seat already. Like three quarters, they came back and won. Yeah, but now Jimmy Lake, after one game, is on the hot seat. Yeah, everyone's saying he's in over his head. He never should have been. You know, we should have t- taken a hard look at other candidates, or you know. Yeah. Oh my gosh! After one game, Montana. I know it hurts. The Montana hurts. Even Eastern, I think Eastern beat him a couple years ago. Yeah. With that quarterback, he yeah. threw like five touchdowns. Well, I think passes. went to Oregon maybe at one yeah, point. Yeah, he did. He did right after. He was yeah, awesome. I mean, that's right. Yeah. That was a pretty good team, that Eastern team. Montana? What if Montana runs a table? You feel better about <laughs> yeah, it? I definitely would. If Montana wins the national championship, <laughs> I'll take everything back that I said. Uh, I, I, what will impress me is is if they bounce back against Michigan, then I'll I'll look at Jimmy Lake a little differently. If he can rally the troops and get them good, motivate them and get them playing. When you better, say bounce back, does that equal win or do you just have to be competitive? Yeah, be competitive. Michigan's not even supposed to be all that good. Yeah, they haven't been good. They're for not even in the top twenty five. At least they weren't in the first week. They weren't in the top twenty five. Still, Oregon's going, on the road. going to Ohio State the same day. You got Oregon at Ohio State uh-huh. and Washington at Michigan on the same second Saturday well, of the I would, college football season. I'll take Michigan over Ohio State, please. I'd like to have that. Ohio State's usually a lot better. Oh, Ohio State. Well, I watched a little of the Ohio State game. Yeah. And they looked not so good against Minnesota the first okay. like quarter and a half. And then, oh. It just yeah. did what good teams do. Step on the gas yes. pedal. Yeah. I was waiting for the Huskies to do that. By the yeah. way, I feel so stupid. I, I was staying at a friend's house up in uh, near Suncadia at a place called, uh, I don't know, whatever, some little development. And we went to go have lunch and the game was starting. I brought my surface with me like an idiot. And people are laughing at me like, you really want to watch this game? That So I got the surface up. I got found the Wi-Fi. I got the password. I'm all set up. I'm so excited to watch. For what? For what? Like now I do look stupid. And all the people that were making fun of me were right. Sitting there getting all excited about this game. Ugh. You're more of a college football fan than an NFL fan or the same, same. or less? The same. same, yeah. Will you be that excited as you were for Washington for the Seahawks against the Colts the season this coming sure. Sunday? You betcha. Will you be with your surface, you know, watching? I don't know that you can do that. Well, hopefully I'll be at home yes. watching it really? instead of on the road. And it, and it will mean just as much to you that the Seahawks beat the Colts as it did Washington beat Montana. 
for Washington to beat Montana. Yeah, I think it's equal. Yeah. But the, the Washington thing, I mean, if the Seahawks lose, yeah, I'm going to be bummed. Yeah. But their season's not over. <laughs> like, it just sucks when your season's over after week yeah. one and you lost to a an inferior team. Well, it depends on what you define a season being over. If you're defining it as winning the national yes, championship. I am. Okay, it's on. over. Come on. There's, well, there's Phil a lot. Steele had him in the playoffs. Okay. Yes, tell he, me yes, he's he, wrong. Yes, okay. he did. Yes, right. he did. Well, did he have him in the playoffs? But yeah. yeah he did. Clo- yeah. Well... So I'm just disappointed that like everyone goes into the season going, maybe you realize there are a lot of non-Husky fans listening to this podcast right now, yelling at it at you. Yeah. Dude, they haven't been good in years. Would you stop with the whole national championship thing? Five years ago, they're, they're not in the playoffs. Good. They're not good. People would say years. people think non-Washington fans think that Washington fans have this kind of, I don't yeah. know, this elevated opinion of their program that just isn't true and hasn't been for many years. I don't know whether that's right or wrong. I'm telling you. Well, I know that wrong. there are hus- in 2016. Wrong. They were in the playoffs. Yeah, I know they were. That's five years I ago. Oh, I mean, no, they were. I know they were. Okay, well, it's Dylan Morris. It, uh, fine, but I keep hearing about how they're so improved and this offensive line, a good and schedule, a very favorable schedule, all that. So I was excited to see if they could maybe run the table or you know, they, they do have the Montana game. game at home. <laughs> God, what a bad break! Huh? Who knew that was a bad break? I mean. They could have had to go to Montana. Where is the university? You know, I don't even know the difference between Montana and Montana State. There's two schools. I don't know the difference. Yeah, I don't know. No, I I didn't think the Huskies were going to win the national championship. I want to be clear about that. But it just sucks when it's confirmed that your team's not going to win the national championship. That's what hurts. But you you calling the season over. From that perspective. Because you can't win the national championship. Radiates that thing to non-Husky fans, which is... Would you somebody tell Scott and all other Husky fans <laughs> they aren't winning any net? If if that's what it is, then the season was over before the season before the Montana game because they're not winning the national championship, so the season's over. But if your team and stop thinking of your Washington Huskies as a as like like your Alabama or something, like your Clemson, you're okay, not that. I don't. That, okay, I don't think okay. that. Okay, but when your team goes like three and 4 and zero, you're like, all right, maybe you never know. <laughs> Five and zero, yeah. six. You know, you start getting a little excited. Maybe it could happen. Yeah. But then it's just punched in the face that it's not happening for sure. Well, you could have gotten a little excited after 7 nothing after the first drive. You were right there. Oh, I was. You were right on the precipice of a national championship. Uh, Richard Newton, remember we talked about him last year? We liked him. Oh, he looked God. I mean, I was like, here we go. Oral, okay, let me, before we get off of the Husky thing, you heard me say this before. I'm, I'm going to say that I'm not going to belabor the point, okay? This whole nonsense of we don't talk about players who are not playing. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't talk about injured players. We don't talk about players that are in street clothes. We don't answer those questions. We're not giving you any information. Okay. When you lose to Montana, that's no, you, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. I, I wouldn't call myself a Husky fan. So I will speak on behalf of Husky fans. I'm a Husky father now, Yeah. but I wouldn't call myself a Husky fan. Okay. But I will say on behalf, on behalf of the Husky fans, yeah, so. I will, I will say this. They deserve some explanation. No. You don't lose to Montana and then get in front of a microphone and say, I'm not telling you why my top three wide receivers didn't play. I'm not telling you why Sean McGrew didn't play. I'm not telling you why this guy didn't play and that guy didn't play. It's a secret, and I don't answer those types of questions. No, you can't lose to Montana and say it's a secret. (laughs) If you lose to Montana, there's a new rule. you got to tell us why everyone – got to go into detail. (laughs) Okay, Okay? you got to give us a freaking book on every single guy and explain – Husky fans deserve that. The people who paid to go to that game, sure. and then they they go to the game, and there's three wide receivers missing, and they lose to Montana. They deserve some level of an explanation of why those guys are in play. I'm with you. Okay, I'm with I, you. I'm all with what is the what is the the thing about hurt people? There's a law. It's a what's it called? Hurt people. What do you mean hurt people? 
you know, injured. There's a, there's a, I don't know what, like a privacy act. What's the privacy thing? HIPAA. Oh, HIPAA. Yeah, HIPAA. yeah, yeah. There's a HIPAA. Yeah, yeah. I'm all, I understand HIPAA. Okay. Husky fans <laughs> after losing to Montana, yeah. where a lot of guys don't play, they are deserving of an explanation as to where each guy was. Was he at Dick's? <laughs> where were these guys? Yeah. Okay. I, That's what I think. I had multiple friends sending texts from the game, you know, like your kids were there. Yeah. It, it, it's this full day. It's three hours before. Of course. It's of course. Putting yeah. up tables and yeah. chips. And, it was Max's oh. first game. As a college UW student, now he's been to other games as a kid. Like, yeah, yeah, I took him to, but that was his first. And there was no 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 fans last year, so he was excited. He bought the suit. He bought the season student package. Oh, nice. He was going as a Washington student, sitting in the student section for the first time. He will never forget his first game as a <laughs> UW student for the wrong <laughs> reason. Some game, <laughs> but I'm saying you're right though. It's like it's such a commitment. It, people buy season to it's expensive. And you're going to see, yeah, you don't get to keep secrets anymore, no, right? No, no. Yeah, he's got no. some explaining okay, to do. Just tell yeah. us why these guys are not playing. Yeah. Tell us. Right. If he's got a broken thumb, who's it hurt? Does he? Does his parents not want you to know that he's got a broken thumb? <laughs> right. Tell us. Please tell us. I'm with you. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Cougar season over, too, so Husky <laughs> fans will love that. <laughs> yeah, theirs was over, too, just like the Huskies before it even started. I'm with you. But, yeah. Cougar fans were just laughing at the Huskies. Oh yeah, loving it for three and a half hours. Yep. Then they, then they got in their chair, <sighs> just like me laughing at Mike Leach. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there's always the Seahawks. Is that Seahawks right. season over? The Seahawks season's not over. Absolutely. Are By the way, if, if they lose it, they lose to an NFL team. Yeah. There's no Montana in the NFL, so it, no, it doesn't well, hurt as bad. Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. I don't know. The New York Jets. I don't know. The Seahawks will. Uh, We'll start their season this Sunday against the Colts. And you're in York. I'm very excited about that. I'm excited to see my Dolphins play against the Patriots. Tua, year two. I'm I'm just excited for the NFL season Thursday night. Tampa gets their rings. Yeah. They play the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. I, I don't know that it really excites me to see John Schneider running around, scrambling around, trying to get cornerbacks at the last minute, <laughs> yeah. days before the opener. What, it does, kinda, that, what it, does that suggest to you, Mitch? Well, it kind of reminds me of <laughs> me at 2 a.m. the morning of an e-contest. Oh, I got okay? you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where I'm calling people, <laughs> you got the notes, I, and I'm I'm trying to, I'm just yeah. winging it. I it, It's... I was never in great shape at 2 a.m. the morning of an e-contest. Yeah, that wasn't what I thought you were going to say about 2 a.m. Okay. Yeah. The, the, okay. But then Whatever. I remember who you were and what you did in college. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just telling you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you. Scrambling just, at the last not, minute. It's not yeah. a great feeling. He's trading guys that were going to be starting yeah. a week ago. He's trading four guys. Sidney Jones is here. Witherspoon's out. Witherspoon's in. They got a new guy. They signed a new guy uh, over the weekend. The Steelers, maybe? Is that, was a yeah, Pittsburgh he was once a Steeler. Yeah. I mean, there's just – it's not – it's a very – unsettling feeling yeah what's going on over there and it's like when did Shaq Griffin leave I mean, he knew he was going to have that hole to fill he, he knew, knew he knew that was going to be he knew an area of weakness he knew he knew why is he cramming for the test because there's a salary cap in the NFL and you got to pick and choose your spots yeah and you can't spend on everything because that's what makes the NFL go around and he chose to spend on other things he did he 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 <sighs> took he took he took his uh, his money and and his resources, and he decided to go get a new offensive lineman, go get uh, a couple of new defensive linemen, yeah. 
spend on Jamal Adams, Adams pay yeah. Jamal Adams. And I mean, that's probably not a good example because his number actually comes down and they actually save money this year. But you get the point. Yeah. It's still the, a lot of money N- in the secondary. The, the NFL is set up to make you, as a general manager, make decisions. Okay. To kind of rob Peter to pay Paul. It's set up that way. And that's why it's so damn interesting. Yeah. It, it doesn't allow, except if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it doesn't really allow you to be perfect. You, you're going to have weaknesses unless you hit, you know, you go back to their glory days. The biggest reason that they had glory days and they went to two Super Bowls and should have won both of them is because they hit on fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round draft choices and undrafted free agents. Doug Baldwin, right. when you hit Curse. on Richard Sherman late in the game, you know, late when you're able to, to, to hit on a couple of those guys, yeah. now you don't have to spend money on that. You can go spend your – that's how it works, right? Russell Wilson is a great example, right? Russell he Wilson was, is a great example. <laughs> he was winning he, Super Bowls. For, and, for years, they didn't pay their quarterback a, a nickel, yeah. hardly a nickel. He got nothing. <laughs> Yeah. He paid, they, they spent all their money elsewhere. And as soon, by the way, as he got what he deserved and everything shifted towards money to the quarterback, now they couldn't spend on the other stuff. Yep. And this is what's happened. And the corner is, you know, I think we're going to be talking about it all year. I hate to say it, but Mitch Unfiltered is going to be talking about it the whole year. They're only saving grace is if they can get a pass rush. Right, that's the only thing that's going to well, save those corners. Well, they should get a pass rush because okay. they've got a lot of they've got no real standout pass rushers, but they've got a lot of bees. Okay. Yeah. You don't know a lot about a lot of B's. You never got a lot of B's in, no. in school. That would have been a dream. I don't, I don't know that they have any A's. Somebody might say Carlos Dunlap is an A. I don't think so at this Four stage years ago, maybe. It's kind of a B plus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Which is fine. Yeah. yeah. You got, I don't know. We'll see if it's fine. It may be good enough. Is there is there any update on the left tackle situation? No. I don't think we're going to know. Well, maybe we'll know something this week if he, if he shows up to practice. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't believe – well – I don't know these guys. Ten million. What's the math? Ten million d- divided by seventeen. What is it? I think it's uh, six hundred thousand. Probably. About right. Yeah. Six hundred grand a game. Yeah. Yeah. You, so yeah, you're right. He's not. Just is he gonna, passing on a six hundred at their age thirty four, thirty five? Is he passing on six hundred thousand dollars a game? Maybe. I, I mean, I'll admire him. I, I will. I'll admire him if he's willing to say. And by the way. Don't think that, okay, then he, he resolves it and they kind of under the table give him the 600 grand back. No, it doesn't work that way. He forfeits 600 grand a game. He does not ever get that back. Yeah. Whether he signs a new deal or not, he will never get the $600,000 back. Right. So if he says, on principle, I'm a man of principle, I am deserving of either a new contract or new money. I'm in the final year of my contract. You just did it with Jamal Adams. I contend I have just as much an impact on this football team as Jamal Adams does as as the left tackle protecting the blind side of your franchise quarterback. I should have been dealt with. I deserve a little bit more. On principle, I'm handing back my 600. I'm not taking 600,000. I would say good for him. If I was his wife, I'd kill him. Right. If I'm but, his agent, I mean, or anyone, like, dude, uh, but, you cannot but, be forfeiting that kind of money. As Mitch Levy, I'll be very disappointed as a Seahawks fan because I don't, I don't think they can win long term without their left tackle. But I'll admire the dude if he's willing to put his money where his mouth is yeah. and say, "I ain't taking the six hundred. I'm, I'll Oof. pass on the six hundred grand." That's, you know, I couldn't do it. That's good work if you can find it. Six hundred grand a week. Six hundred grand. Well, <laughs> or whatever. For, not, for not the next a, he weeks. might not think it is good work. <laughs> That's good work for me if you can find it. All right. Hey, wait, quick, any update on the quarterback situation for the Colts? Do we know? No, it, we don't know. We're thinking it's going to be Wentz, okay. but we're not sure. Not confirmed yet. Okay. Not confirmed. Just I, curious. I don't think we'll Seahawks know for a few more days here. All right. Okay. 
Uh, three interviews? Yes, sir. And then other stuff? And without further ado, the owner of Fireside Home Solutions, Sean Waterstrat, who also is the gracious title sponsor of all of our golf pools and the NFL's Beat the Boys competition, which is on the way back. John, how are you? Doing great. Thanks, Mitch, for having me on. Thanks for being back on. Summer's kind of getting away from us. We need to make decisions now. You're going to give us the reasons why. Fireplace season will be here before you know it. Yeah, we've been spoiled in the Northwest with this beautiful weather, but just around the corner, that cold chill will be out there, and uh, we want to get our houses ready for to keep us nice and cozy warm. With that being said, it's a good time to make decisions right now. The industry is a little bit variable. We're seeing lots of things go up and down, whether it's price or whether it's stock. So, you know, if you're ready to find that fireplace and ready to do this project, uh, let us know, and we'll get you on the schedule immediately so you can get it just in time for that cold chill. How many showrooms do you have these days? at Fireside Home Solutions up and down the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we try to make it conveniently located for everyone. So we have our flagship store there in Bellevue. Love that store. Uh, Our Kent store will be moving to Auburn. So we'll be having a nice grand opening, opening a new store in Tacoma. And then we have the two great stores in Portland over there in Beaverton and in Tualatin. We're ordering a new outdoor unit from you guys. And Brian was here just the other day helping. It's nice to go to the showroom. But what I love about you guys is your team comes to the home to develop the perfect strategy. Yes, we do, Mitch. And and it's one of the benefits of going with Fireside. You can definitely come into one of our showrooms. If you don't have time, we can do in-home sales with you. But we're always going to come out to your house. We're going to have a great measurement done. Make sure we're talking the same language. Make Mm -hmm. sure you're doing those final details. So when our installers get out there, they can get that fireplace installed and you can be enjoying it as soon as they get done. What's the lag time these days for units that you don't have in stock? Uh, That's a great question. Uh, It can vary out there. Like we said, there's no better time than making a decision right now. Some things are taking up to six to sometimes 12 weeks. But uh, again, if you're looking at something that's in stock, we can get you done in two to three weeks. Fireside Home Solutions has been a terrific partner with all the great contests, and they are the best in the Northwest. If you're you're in the market for a new fireplace, firesidehomesolutions.com. Unfiltered. every day welcome back there's been so much to say no one feels our pain they don't wear our shoes especially when our mistakes end up on front page news oh mitch you know we miss you schnoz we know we miss you Thank God I wasn't with you. No, I wasn't with you. I'm going to tease you a lot because Peter King took my spot. Welcome Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Mitch's our guy. He's our guy. He's our guy. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Unbelievable. So the bad news is that the summer goes fast, way too fast for all of us. The good news, though, is that college football season kind of makes us feel all a little bit better about that when our teams aren't losing to Montana, of course. And college football season on Mitch Unfiltered means 
Rick Neuheisel, who's proudly presented by Taco Time Northwest, locally owned for 60 years. And, you know, Taco Time Northwest is on the hunt for new team members. In fact, handing out $2,000 signing bonuses, I kid you not, for shift managers and $5,000 bonuses for general managers. If you're interested in setting up a quick virtual interview, just right on Zoom, go to tacotimenw.com backslash careers c-a-r-e-e-r-s ladies and gentlemen rick neuheisel how are the neuheisels the neuheisels had a great summer yeah. uh, much of it following our youngest joe on the uh, amateur golf circuit uh which was an absolute blast got within an eyelash of getting into the u.s open and got to play in venerable old places like one moisset and uh glenview country club so the, the, the Northeastern Amateur and the Western Am, we could check those off. It was really a lot of fun, Mitch. For our listeners who don't know the story, I do, of course. He missed by one shot qualifying for the U.S. Open, and then you guys as a family went to the U.S. Open as an alternate. He didn't know whether he was going to play or not play, but that experience in and of itself was quite a hardy one, was it not? Oh, fantastic. I got to be on the bag uh, in his practice rounds at uh, Torrey Pines, and after nine holes, he says, everybody's going in, Dad. We should go in. I said, Joe, I'm not sure we're getting to put the tee in the ground on Thursday. We're going to keep playing until <laughs> it's dark. And we were out there along the coast of California. And uh, I said, let's play it like it's the real tournament. And he shot uh, one under on the back nine, had uh, 258 coming in on the uh, 18th hole, yeah. reachable par five. Sure. He hits a three iron up there after we kind of wave to a guy to get off the green so that he can hit. <laughs> we get up there, he two putts for his birdie, and it's Matt Kuchar. Oh, geez. And, and Cooch is going, hey, nice shot in there, pal. And so Joe and Cooch oh. were hanging out. So oh. it was uh, a week of full of memories. So, uh, great stuff. So had he gotten in at the last minute, you're telling me that – the former coach of the University of Washington in Colorado and UCLA was going to be on the bag at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines? I would have been the looper, and it would have oh. been the best job I ever had. Oh. No disrespect to anybody, but that would have been a kick <laughs> walking off the first tee of a U.S. Open with your kid uh, swinging oh, the clubs. Can't imagine that. That's beautiful. Rick Neuheisel is with us. That was a hell of a game on Sunday night between Notre Dame and Florida State. I would have thought, as an old Bobby Bowden fan from that great state of Florida. I was hoping on this, the first game since his passing, that somehow, some way, maybe divine intervention that Florida State would win that football game on Sunday night, Rick. Yeah, it uh, tugged at my heartstrings a little to see the band spell out Bobby there yeah. at halftime. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Bowden was a terrific uh, coach, obviously uh, fabulous for the Seminoles, but also a good buddy of mine. And and I loved uh, listening to Coach, you know, wax on about all the old guys and, you know, their personalities and stuff. We're going to miss him. But uh, I, Mitch, I told you, remember when Steve Bartman interfered with the baseball at Wrigley Field when the Cubs, I think it was Dusty Baker was the manager, were trying oh. to get the, over the hump after not winning for so long. Yes. And it ended up just the whole thing unraveled. When Mackenzie Milton went in tonight, I thought it was fait accompli. This is Mackenzie Milton's going to win this game, but the Irish 
hung in there. Give Brian Kelly's troops uh, a lot of credit. And they're a good team, but they're going to have to shore up their run defense. I, I know that college football in this area, in this entire state, after what happened to Washington and Washington State, is a is a touchy subject. But, hey, we're going to touch the subject. Did you ever think in a million years you'd, you'd wake up on Sunday and see the score that you saw between Montana and the Dogs? Uh, Jimmy Lake has a predicament, but but in some ways he has been given a peek at exactly what all the problems are. And now he's going to find out who's got the, the guts to get better, to let it go and move on. And he can make the hard decisions that are always have to be made. But I think they still have, if, if they have the heart that I kind of always associated with University of Washington teams, I think this will be a great week of practice. And I think they'll go into Michigan and give them fits. I won't be shocked at all if Washington beats Michigan this next weekend, because I think that's the kind of character that is in that locker room. And I, I know and feel that way about Jimmy Lake. So I, listen, I'm ecstatic for Bobby Houck. Bobby Houck, the, the head coach for Montana, was on my staff while I was there at uh, Washington. He was on the Rose Bowl team. He was our special teams coach, coached the safeties. He was Curtis Williams' coach. Uh, so this is this is uh, a wonderful day for Bob Houck and the Montana Grizz. I understand that it's a horrible start for Washington, but sometimes when you get punched in the mouth, you taste your own blood, you find out a little bit about yourself, and hopefully they'll respond in the way that we always associate with the Huskies. What do you say to all these fans you're not following because you don't follow social media like the rest of us? What do you say to these fans who are yelling that uh, Jimmy Lake is in over his head and Dylan Morris should not be playing quarterback? They've got Sam Heward. Let Sam Heward play. Give him the football. There's a lot. It's hard not not to overreact when your favorite team loses a football game, but when they lose a football game to Montana and you're expecting such good things from that particular season, that's hard to that's hard to swallow for the tie, the tie members of the University of Washington. There's no question. And and listen, they have a right to be angry. No one but no one's angrier and no one's more motivated than Jimmy Lake and the rest of those coaches. They're in there pouring over the film. Clearly, they didn't give enough credit to Montana. Clearly, Dylan Morris was not on his game. Those balls, those interceptions were either thrown right to Montana, the last one. The other two were well behind the receivers, and balls get tipped up the air. Bad things can happen, and that was the case. But Montana did them a favor by giving them a wake-up call like this. You'd love to have won the wake-up call, much like Oregon did against Fresno State. Yes. But, but the bottom line is – you now are going to find out who's got the medal to come back and have their best week of practice. And you think they can beat Michigan this weekend? Absolutely. Okay. I, w- I absolutely think they can go into okay. the big house and give Michigan fits. Okay. Michigan comes off a big win over Western Michigan. They're going to feel good about themselves. They're, they're recalibrated. The brand new staff for Jimmy Harbaugh, bunch of young guys. It's like John Wayne and the Cowboys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll wait and see how this all turns out. But I promise you, this hungry Husky team, which – and they better be hungry. They better have taken this personally. Uh, they can go in there and shock the world. No question about it. I had no idea, Rick Neuheisel, who would win the Clemson-Georgia game, but I certainly didn't see 10-3 coming. I don't know much about 
a college football, but I do know that these two quarterbacks that played in that game were supposed to be kind of Heisman hopefuls, Heisman candidates. Did you ever think that you'd see 13 total points scored in that football game? And and the touchdown was a was an interception return. Right, that's right. Uh, listen, the two defenses are are as good as they are in college football. Last year, Georgia gave up two games where the opponent had over 100 yards rushing. On this night against Clemson, Clemson with a new a re, kind of a recalibrated offensive line without Travis Etienne from a year ago, got two yards rushing. The two games that Clemson didn't rush for 100 yards last year were their two losses. So this was all on the ability to run the ball. DJ Uyunglele is a fine athlete, fine uh, uh, quarterback, but he's going to need a running game, and that's going to be Dabo Sweeney's biggest uh, chore to find one. They just happened to go against one of the best front sevens with the Jordan Davis guy up front uh, to begin, and it was very, very difficult. On the plus side, Brenton Venables did the same thing to Georgia. Georgia comes into the game without a lot of their receivers. George Pickens down probably till November. Uh, they had that big tight end, Arik Gilbert, that transferred to him. It was kind of uh, in again, out, off again. Darnell Washington, another tight end gone. This is patchwork type of thing right now for Georgia. Uh, JT Daniels, 22 for 30, but only for 135 yards. Both these offenses are going to have to get kickstarted. But again, they started against one of the best foes they'll face all season long. Yeah. We learned a lot over the first real Saturday of college football. This Alabama quarterback made over a million dollars before he ever took a snap, I'm told, or I read. And then he lit up the Miami Hurricanes. Boy, it used to be fun when Miami, Florida and Florida State were great football teams. And I say that as a very biased college football <laughs> fan. But my goodness, Alabama, it just doesn't matter who's out there. It's, yeah. it's one guy. Out, it's unbelievable, Rick, at one guy after it's, the next. It's an array of future pros. That's what it is. And if you don't fit that model, you move on. Uh, so that there's room for the Henry To'o To'o or Jamison Williams to join the ranks. Yeah. Uh, it's a phenomenal program. And I thought the most impressive side of the ball all weekend was the Alabama defense. The Alabama defense, I know Georgia and Clemson both played great, but I didn't think their offenses were uh, nearly as what Miami could provide with the De'Eric King and a guy who can run. Mm -hmm. I just think the speed of Alabama's defense is, is as impressive as anything I saw all weekend. And uh, that is great news for Bill O'Brien because it's going to give him lots of chances. 10th mm. ranked UNC, North Carolina lost. 16th ranked LSU lost to some podunk LA school. I'm not sure. I've never seen those, <laughs> those, those four letters. Washington lost, of course. Oklahoma and Iowa State struggled. Uh, Ohio State struggled for a while with Minnesota. Oregon had to rally late. A lot of great teams out there, or supposedly great teams, Rick, really either, either lost or struggled mightily in wins. We saw some weaknesses, some chinks in the ar armor. I mean, we, we spent an offseason lauding Oklahoma, and, and now they finally have a defense. Well, Willie Fritz and the Tulane Green Wave didn't think much of that defense and gave them all they could handle in a 40-35 to 35 game. Uh, Ohio State gave up over 200 yards rushing to Minnesota. Yeah, uh, That's got to get fixed if they're going to be championship caliber. Uh, it, on and on again, you, Iowa State struggled with uh, Northern Iowa. This is this is going. I mean, it's thirteen seven for USC starting the fourth quarter over San Jose State. They end up make, getting it uh, squared away. But this is week one. 
it uh, is not something that should surprise anybody. There's lots of hiccups. I was wildly impressed. I was at the Rose Bowl last night, Mitch, to watch uh, UCLA play LSU. Chip Kelly, I will tell you, I think it's the most impressive physical performance by a Pac-12 team in the last half decade against a name brand. They dominated the line of scrimmage. They had over 200 yards rushing, holding LSU to less than uh, 100 yards. I think it was more like 55 or something like that, Mm -hmm. rushing the football. They tackled beautifully, putting all kinds of pressure, forcing uh, Max Johnson 45 throws. 45 throws, probably got knocked down at least 10 times. Mm -hmm. I I just thought UCLA was – impressive from a physical standpoint does you know the quarterback have to hit more passes yes do they have to you know shore up some things clearly but from a physical brand this is a really good looking football team by the for chip kelly and they can make some real noise best in the south uh Currently, yes. I, I think Utah will grow into themselves. I like Charlie Brewer, the quarterback who's transferred from Baylor. And SC looked good defensively. A couple of turnovers were the the, the uh, name of the game there. Uh, late third, early fourth quarter. At the end of the day, SC to win is going to have to have a, a physical brand of running the football. Will they dedicate themselves to that? I'm not sure. Well, this is the first installment, the very, very first, just like it's week one in college football. This is only <laughs> week one of Rick. But you know what? The years that Rick Neuheisel have, has good years picking, he gets off to good starts. He doesn't play out of the hole very well. He doesn't dig himself out of the hole very well. Can I fall backwards and have you catch me on a couple of games? Or is it too soon for me to be asking you for a couple of blue plate? There was an old an old broadcaster in West Palm Beach, Florida, when I was growing up, named Gabby Bell. And Gabby Bell on Fridays on the news on the NBC affiliate in West Palm Beach used to say, <laughs> it's time for my blue plate specials. He used to call them blue plate specials. And Gabby was terrible at picking <laughs> games, but he did it every Friday. What do I get? Do I get something from Rick Neuheiser right now or not? You, you can have something. I don't know what the line is. I'm going to give it to I'm going to leave you with the, what the line is. Okay. I, North Carolina State and their quarterback, Devin Leary, got off to a nice start this week. Okay. Uh, and, and they're going to Mississippi State, who struggled oh, yeah. with a La Tech team. Now, I like Will Rogers, the quarterback at Mississippi State, but I think Dave Dorn, who is now in year nine, they're in uh, Raleigh. Okay. I like the North Carolina State Wolfpack to take care of Mississippi State and uh, all those guys. And you're not even looking at spreads. I don't even know what it is. You don't even know what it is. I don't know what it is. I just know that I think North Carolina State, given what I saw in the ACC, okay. is going to make some noise. Okay. And I still think Mississippi State is uh, a year away from you know being what Mike Leach enjoys as a full throttle offense. Okay. I'm marking you down. This is the first of 2021. Rick Neuheisel, it's the whole Sunday. It's the cherry. It's the whipped cream. It's everything. It's all the above. Rick Neuheisel is hanging his hat. I'm not sure what kind and of you know hat. What, I'm what kind of hat do? is that, by the you way? You know what else I'm going to do while we're here just what? because I feel philanthropic? Oh, no. You're going to pick Washington over Michigan. No. I am. No, you're I'm not. taking them. <laughs> I'm going to get points. I'm going to get points. Yes, you are. I am taking the dogs. Okay. All right. I am I am just reminding all those folks that live there in that beautiful city. Yes. The Emerald City. Yes. That uh don't give up. 
Do not ever give up. What do you do? And I know I'm supposed to end, but what do you do? I mean, you've been down this road before, both as a player yes, and a I coach. Have. When yes, you ha- when have. you have the highly touted freshman quarterback kind of waiting in the wings. They've got this guy, Sam Heward. You know his dad. You know his uncle. You know the Hewards all these years. He's standing there. All of Husky Nation is waiting for the opportunity to see this young man play, and they get off to a miserable start, and the veteran, the incumbent quarterback, struggles in that first. What do you do to handle all of the circus and hullabaloo about when – where, why, when does he come in? Do we give him snaps against Arkansas State? Do we protect his red shirt year? What about how do you handle all that as the CEO on the sidelines? What I always say to people on this is as the coach, and in this case, it's John Donovan and it's Jimmy Lake, they go to all the practices, they see it all, and they know where these guys are in terms of their development and their understanding of what we're trying to get accomplished. What I keep reading about Dylan Morris is he is just absolutely a study He is in there learning, learning, learning. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't excuse throwing the ball behind guys as he did in this <laughs> ball game. Right. He can't, that can't happen. Right. I do not know. I've never seen Sam Heward play. I know he's decorated as a high school kid. People loved him. He was a top 10 guy nationally ranked by all the recruiting services. And I know he's part of uh, Husky royalty when you're talking about Damon and, and Brock, these yeah. guys are, you know, t- yeah. part of the Puyallup uh, aristocrats, yeah. you know, they're, they're, this is, <laughs> this is big time stuff. Right. But at day's end, at day's end, I trust the coaches whose jobs are on the line to play the best player. So I don't know. I can't answer the question because I'm not at the practices. I do trust the guys who are. He's Rick Neuheisel. He's with us all season long during the college football season on Mitch Unfiltered. Thank you, Rick. See you, Mitch. If you've listened to Mitch Unfiltered, then you know. You know by now that Jordan Flowers and his squad has changed teams to cross-country mortgage, which means even better opportunities at your fingertips. And here he is, Jay Flo himself, Jordan Flowers. How are you, Jordan? Hey, I'm doing great, Mitch. Thank you so much. It's been a fun and active summer with this transition. I've talked to so many of your patrons and listeners that have followed us and been able to connect with us since we left. But uh, we are just learning so much more about this company than we even knew as far as products and what we're able to offer our clients and quick closings. And it's been phenomenal. Give us an example. You and I were talking before we started to record. Give me an example of something that you can do now, a product that's at your fingertips now that wasn't there with the other guys? Yeah, uh, we have a construction to perm product that has really been hard to get just for anybody locally. Banks have backed out on true custom construction loans. Most independent mortgage bankers don't have it. And we have it here. And it's one of the best I've seen since the early 2000s. I was talking to the head of the construction department just yesterday on a $1.4 million deal in Montana. And there are some really fantastic, unique things about our product that really make buying that lot and building that dream home a reality for people, including being able to finance in your payments during a construction. So you don't ever have to make a payment during construction. It just gets accounted to the actual loan balance, as well as a lot of the issues tend to come down to draw requests with builders and getting their subcontractors paid quickly. Mm-hmm. We pay out based off the budgeted line item on the proposal versus having to submit invoices and receipts and then go through the process 
process of paying out. Very so cool. a lot of great things here. And you roll straight into a permanent 30-year fixed in the three to three and a quarter range right now. So fantastic 30-year fix for it. And if you're just in the market to refinance and, and get better numbers on your current 30-year fix, what are they? And why would people that are sitting around with 4% interest rates, why are they not making the call to you or somebody like you to explore their options? Well, if they're sitting in the high threes or above four, they've probably heard maybe I talked to your patrons too long, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But it's a fantastic time to refinance and rates are still in the mid to upper twos to low threes depending on your situation and it's a great time to tap into equity in the home if you've been putting off those home projects or you're wanting to go on a trip or invest or just have money ready to put into this crazy market and i implore everybody to give me a call if you're thinking about refinancing mid threes or above even low threes depending and you want to shorten the term mm -hmm. it's just the time to do it and the fed came out and said that they're going to maybe start tapering here soon which could have impact on mortgage-backed securities and interest rates so it's the time to do it phone number you can always reach me on the cell 425-890-2957 425-890-2957 that's uh, jordan flowers and his team now the kirkland office of cross country mortgage great partners of mitch unfiltered unfiltered one thing I do know is I just can't pick Kansas City, Tampa. I want to. I think they're the two best teams, but it never happens. It's just so rare, and I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm going to pick either one of them. I, I've got some interesting candidates on the outside that I'm considering. Episode 157, and the countdown now is really on. I'm very excited. Another NFL season is upon us, and our NFL interviews again on these shows and all the new patron shows each week presented by Taco Time Northwest. Scouring the community for new team members. And by the way, it's fast-paced, challenging work, but great perks like free meals for employees, friends and family. All it takes is a 15-minute interview on Zoom. And most positions are hired on the spot. Peter King, NBC Sports, Football Morning in America, which is my favorite every week. How many years now, Peter, has it been? This will be what season for you covering the NFL? This will be the 38th season, Mitch. Started in 1984, covering the Cincinnati Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer. So that makes this number 38. What do you remember about the 1984 Cincinnati Bengals, Peter? <laughs> no, no football writer ever in the history of the 102-year history, had a better uh, introduction to this business because in my second week on the job, I covered the NFL draft, and Sam White, who was a rookie coach that year, called me into his office the day before the draft and said, do you want to know who we're picking? Oh. And he ran down pick by pick everybody <laughs> that they planned to pick in the draft. And I wrote it in the paper the next day, and my sports editor looked at me like I was Nostradamus, <laughs> uh, which I was. And then fast forward to go, going to training camp in the Dust Bowl that was Wilmington, Ohio, yeah. about an hour and 20 minutes northeast of Cincinnati on the way to Columbus. Uh, every day, most days, there were two-a-day practices, and every day I watched practice with Paul Brown. So uh, you just tell me how anything could have been better 
to have a, a media-minded coach who didn't mind telling you exactly what he was thinking in Sam White, and then an owner who basically gave you a 30-hour crash course in what was important about football. And one other thing, one yeah. other thing. Yeah. Two players on the team that I ended up getting closest to were Chris Collinsworth and Boomer Esiason. Uh-huh. And just imagine those two guys really in a uh, – uh, just basically uh, as media friendly uh, as the world has ever created in the sport of football. So anyway, uh, that's why I was very fortunate, Mitch Levy. Uh, Sam White, you, na- you mentioned his name. What a character. He must have been a joy to cover. I don't know how long you were there. You weren't there when he when he did the you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati no, routine. No, I was, I was actually only there one year, and then I went to Newsday and covered the Giants. But, you know – Sam was great to cover, but he was also uh, basically a flight risk. He just was, he would go off the handle in just a wacky way. And that's why he was known in the business as wacky white. And uh, so, but anyway, he was good. He kicked me out of practice one time and he tried to get me fired for spying on, on the team. It just, he just, he was, he was he was kind of crazy, but uh, you know it's funny. Late, later in life, Sam got a heart transplant, and he was a day from dying. He got the heart transplant just in time before it killed him, yeah. and he lived, I'd say, two or three more years. But I, I came back into his life a lot in those last couple of years, as he uh, was just very very grateful for. Uh, you know, getting a second chance at life. So anyway, it came full circle there. I'm grateful to hear your voice again, Peter King. It means football season. It's synonymous with football season. And while fans return and we'd like to put this COVID behind us, it's not happening. Uh, The other day, the Cowboys lost an all-pro offensive lineman for the Tampa game. It seems like no matter what, Peter, this is still going to be a big story in 2021. Take the Indianapolis Colts, for instance. They're one of the teams that has uh, a large population, relatively speaking, of guys who are still unvaccinated. Uh, two of them are two of the best players on the team. Uh, they are the two be- the two most, I should say, the two most important players on the team. Carson Wentz, the quarterback, and Darius Leonard, the franchise nucleus of that defense at middle linebacker. Uh, neither of those guys is vaccinated. It's one of the reasons why I'm uh, in my playoff picks and, and making my, my picks this week. I did not pick the Indianapolis Colts to make the playoffs. I like the Colts a lot. Now, that wasn't the only reason, uh, but I, I like the Colts a lot. But I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen with this team. And just keep this in mind. Just, 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 this is what it absolutely totally boils down to. Mm -hmm. If you are unvaccinated and at some point during this season, you test positive for COVID, you are out 10 days, absolute minimum, no exceptions, no arguments, no anything. You are abolished and you are, you have to leave the facility and can't come back for 10 days. So imagine you know, Carson Wentz or Kirk Cousins uh, gets a positive test on Friday. They will miss two games of their team. They'll miss an eighth of their season. 
And then just remember one other thing. If you are a close contact Mm -hmm. to someone who is tested positive and you're unvaccinated, Mm -hmm. if you're a close contact, then what that means is that you have to leave the facility and cannot come back for, uh, for five days. So both of those things, it seems highly unlikely that people who are unvaccinated, that there aren't going to be a lot of them who are going to miss time this year. Peter, was the Mac Jones story, the Cam release story, the biggest one in the NFL of the preseason? And if not, what was? I would say, I don't know, to me it was the continuing COVID saga Uh, because it's going to have a gigantic impact on this season. I had one head coach tell me on Friday that I think there's a very good chance it's more disruptive this year than it was last year. And how crazy is that? We've got a vaccine, and there's a good chance it's going to be more disruptive this year. The Mac Jones thing is is a good story just because, and look, we don't know right now. We can guess. We can figure that Bill Belichick doesn't want to play Russian roulette with his unvaccinated quarterback. And so if he doesn't want to play Russian roulette with the unvaccinated quarterback, then that gives an advantage to the vaccinated one. I don't know if that's true. People assume it's true. I'm not one of those assumers. It might be true, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that. And I don't think anybody really knows that. But those who were at practice consistently all through the summer will say that overall there is no question that Mac Jones outplayed Cam Newton. Bill Belichick said all through the uh, – and he's, and he's lived this his whole life. I go by what I see. And so to me, uh, I think if it was really close, and it sounds like it was not really close, that maybe he would have given Newton one more shot. But I don't think it was particularly close. You were on the road for 27 days. You visited 20 teams, Peter King. You can read all about it in Football Morning in America, and his picks are coming up, even though I'm going to ask him for him at the end of this this segment. You ranked Matthew Stafford in your piece, Peter, as the most impressive person you saw in your 27 days. We're all afraid here in the Northwest that the Rams are going to be awfully tough, awfully tough in the NFC West. They're going to be awfully tough unless they get a spate of injuries that would include uh, two of the following four. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Darius Williams. Those are the four best players on their team. They can't afford an injury to their 39, almost 40-year-old left left tackle, Andrew Whitworth. So they are not a team that has a tremendous amount of wiggle room. So – I think that's one aspect of them. But the reason I was so impressed with Stafford is that, and I described this when I went to to camp uh, a month ago, um, they're having a very competitive practice. And in competitive practices, Aaron Donald is as competitive as they come. And after one play, after one completion that Matthew Stafford threw, you know, 11 on 11 offense versus defense, Aaron Donald went over to Matthew Stafford and gave him a bear hug and said, man, I am so glad you're on our team. I'm so glad you're here. And so, you know, I think he has made a huge impact on the Rams in a very, very short period of time. 
yeah, I was highly, highly impressed with him. You think Garoppolo and Lance play in game one and in the first few games, they're going to alternate quarterbacks in San Francisco? Yes. It would be, that would be my guess. But I think that for the most part, uh, this is going to be Garoppolo's job to lose. Okay. And he's going to have a chance to be the quarterback as long as he plays well. Now he knows everybody knows there's tremendous pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. And so what you have to, when there's a lot of pressure on you, you know, maybe you feel it, maybe you, you crumple a little bit, but I think that the job is his as long as he plays well, if he slumps the way he did, even if he, even if it's like late in their Super Bowl season, remember where, Kyle Shanahan started taking the ball out of his hands mm-hmm. and uh, he just started overrunning. Right. <laughs> I guess right. I would call it right. that in my opinion, yeah. that if that happens again, I think he goes with Trey Lance, even if it's a, uh, even if it's, you know, crunch time. 17 games from now, Peter King, give me the top three in order in the West. Um, number one, Rams, number two, Niners, number three, Seahawks. Ooh. Got the Seahawks making the playoffs, yay, nay? I have the Seahawks making the playoffs, as yeah. A wi- as a wild um, card, yeah. As a wild card, yeah. I, I'm going to have them as the, as the seventh seed. And, um, you, you know, as I wrote in my column this week, it is really more about the teams I really like this year. You know, like I really like the Rams. Yeah. And I, I can't sit here and be critical of the Seahawks other than I do worry about their corners. Yeah. I don't worry about their safeties at all, but I worry about their corners because, as you've seen, they have been picking up corners consistently throughout the end times of training camp. So to me, I just look at it and I say teams that are picking up corners at the rate that the Seahawks are, are not happy with their cornerback situation. And in not being happy with their cornerback situation, you're playing in a division where you can get absolutely strafed. And honestly, I I don't love the offensive line. I've never loved the offensive line, but more than anything else, the, the the Seattle issue, I think, is going to be being able to stop great passing games. Tampa Bay and the Rams are the best in the NFC. What kind of what kind of year do you think Green Bay will have with this whole Rodgers thing lingering? I think I think they'll be fine. Okay. I think Aaron Rodgers has determined and he has decided himself that he's not going to be a disruptive factor and he's not going to, he's going to be as vanilla as possible as the season goes on. He's not going to sidle up to Joe Buck or Al Michaels and say, Hey, what do you think of Denver next year? He did, you know, he's not, that's not what he's going to do. I think he's going to play it very, very close to the vest. And at the end of this year, he's going to make a determination about what he's going to do. Now, he might decide during the year, but I will be, I wouldn't say shocked, but I'll be surprised if he, if he lets anything slip. Okay. Um, when I talked to him in, uh, in August, his really big thing was, listen, 
I'm going to be present this year. I'm going to be with my team. And, and his first time that he talked to the team uh, when he broke down the huddle after his first practice at training camp, and he said, guys, we got an incredible chance this year. You know, let's all just be present. Let's all be in the moment every day. Don't look ahead. Don't look behind. Let's go. And so when he said that, there are guys on that team who became convinced that he's going to be a, uh, you know, that he's going to be a church mouse this year, basically, that he's going to be nice and quiet and not going to be much of a distraction. Who's going to win the East in the NFC? I mean, I sort of like Dallas. I don't love anybody. Okay. I wish I liked Washington a little bit more. I really like their defense. But I think Dallas probably has the fewest holes in their team of any team in the East. Okay. Give me a quick look-see before you run on me on the AFC. I'm assuming you like Buffalo in the East. I think the North is wide open. I, I, like, I, like, Buffalo. I like Buffalo, but, you know, this will really perturb Mitch Levy. <laughs> I like I like the Patriots by just a nip over oh, the no, Dolphins. Oh no. And it's crazy. How crazy is it to think that you like the twenty twenty Alabama quarterback over the twenty nineteen <laughs> Alabama quarterback? Aren't they facing off against yeah. one another in week one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really gonna be nuts. But Uh-oh. Tua's future is in his hands absolutely unequivocally in his hands. If he plays great, they're not going to get Deshaun Watson. And it's true. I think the owner is, is enamored of the superstar quarterback. But Tua Tagovailoa has it in his hands to be a superstar quarterback. I'm not saying he will be. I don't know if he will be. But he has it in his hands to be that guy. And so right now, that's the one thing that, that I think is big about the AFC playoff picture. I like New England to be a wild card team behind Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I like Tennessee. I like Cleveland narrowly over Baltimore. I like Pittsburgh more than most people in my business, but I didn't pick Pittsburgh to make the playoffs. The surprise team in the AFC, the one that people might not expect, is I like the Chargers I knew, a lot. I knew you were going to say I that. Think, yeah. yeah, I think the Chargers. I think the Chargers. You know, the only way this is true is if Derwin James and Joey Bosa play 15 to 17 games each. If they do, they're going to be a challenge all season to the Kansas City Chiefs. Peter, I'm so appreciative for not only everything that you've done over the last many years with me in radio and on this show, but the fact that you'll be with us from time to time during the course of this season. I'm really, really happy for that, and it's great to hear your voice. I'm glad everybody's healthy with you, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks very much, Mitch. All the best to you. Hey, it's Financial Trivia Time with Katie Versio, Senior Financial Planner for our partner at Evergreen Golf Call. Hi, Katie. Hi, Mitch. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you back. I think I may have embarrassed myself with an 0-3 performance the last time. I'm ready to do better. Is there a theme to this? Yes, the theme today, it's a mid-year market update. I figured it'd be good to just check in. There's been a lot of movement and just see where things are. Okay, I'm ready. Question number one. All right, let's see how closely you've been paying attention to the market. The first one is an easy one. It's a true or false. Value stocks are outperforming growth stocks this year. I'll say true. Ding, ding, ding. That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, for the last 
10 years or so growth has really outperformed those names like Amazon, Facebook, Google have really been doing well. And this year we've seen a little bit of a trend reversal. Some of those tech names have struggled earlier this year and value has outperformed. Okay. Question number two, I'm one for one. All right, so the next one is about inflation. So this is a very hot topic in the market today. What is the current one-year inflation rate from June 2020 to June 2021? So how much okay. have the cost of goods and services in the economy grown over that one-year period? Okay. Is it 1%, 2.5%, 4.6%, 4.6%, Clearly it's over four. The question is, is it over five? I'll go C. Four point, what was it? Four point six percent. I think he gave me a C. Yeah, so that's actually incorrect. Huh. It's D five point four percent. So this is a huge number. It hasn't been seen since two thousand and eight. Costs and goods and services have really been increasing. This is a big trend that our investment team is watching, and we're really have been over the last six months or so repositioning portfolios to adjust for this new trend we're seeing. All right, still a chance for me to go six sixty seven, Katie. Lay number three on me. In 2021, what's the best performing asset class so far? Is it real estate investment trusts, energy, large cap stocks, or financial stocks? Well, I think it's large cap stocks. Is that not right? I'm sorry, Mitch, that is incorrect. Oh. Most years, it is large cap stocks, and all of these asset classes have performed well, but the top performing asset class is energy this year. It's up over 40%, I'm sure. Your listeners probably experience that when they go to get gas. We sure do. Well, 0 for 3 last time, 1 for 3. I'm moving in the right direction. We love Katie Versio. We love Evergreen Golf Call. Everything wealth. Unfiltered. So we pulled in in front of the dorm with the Jeep. We bail out like we're going to sneak in the back door and the bright lights car parks right behind us. Uh -oh. This big figure gets out of the car in the dark and walks up to us. It's Jack Patera, <laughs> the head coach. You know, there's going to be a new week. Well, there's going to be a lot of new weekly shows. We are expanding our programming and our content here on Mitch Unfiltered for the patrons. One of the shows that we're adding every Thursday, we're going to go around the NFL with the likes of Peter King and Jason Lockenfor. And our next guest, former NFL front office of the man of the year, Randy Mueller, <laughs> has agreed to join the Unfiltered team. Randy, what were you thinking? What were you drinking? What medicine yeah. were you on when you accepted my invitation <laughs> to join me on a weekly basis? Well, I'm shaking my head right now. I'll tell you what, I'm in some elite company, too. I mean, you're throwing out names of guys that know stuff. And, and now you're going to go with throw me in the mix and, and uh, muddy the water. So what the heck? I'm looking forward to it, Mitch. It's You and I have had a long relationship, and Hopefully the uh, listeners will enjoy listening to us kind of BS our way through it. But, uh, hey, it's football. It's what I know, right? And uh, anytime I get a chance to talk about it, especially with the with the people from the Northwest, uh, I'm going to jump at it. So well, it's my pleasure. You bring a perspective that we can't we can't parallel because you have the, the front office experience and you can kind of take us behind the curtain. And that's where I think we should start, at least for for today. And that is this is a new thing. Normally they played 
four preseason games, and by the snap of a finger, you turned around and you were ready for opening day. Now it seems like these GMs have an eternity on their hands between <laughs> the third preseason game, the week off, and then I, the GMs are what, what? What possibly are they doing behind closed doors, Randy? Well, I wouldn't. I know what I would have been doing, and I wouldn't have been behind closed doors. Is once we had a pretty good idea of where our roster was, I would have hit the road. I would have gone out, and we saw uh, some of the national games. John Lynch, the 49ers uh, GM, uh, attending a game or two over the weekend. But hey, these games started Thursday, so I'd have probably been at a game Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and and uh, even Sunday. There's college games this week, so I, I think it's a great opportunity to get out and to see some people live. You already kind of have an idea of some of the prospects, but it's like mowing the grass at the cemetery, right, Mitch? As soon as you get done, you got to start over again at the other yeah, end, yeah. and that's really what scouting's all about. So yeah. it would have been a first look and, and a chance to look at eight or ten college teams. So I'm sure that's what they were doing. They have one eye on their own team, but to be honest with you, that you you've kind of turned it over to the coach for right now, and the coach is in charge of, of getting you guys ready to go for that first week. And you may have some tinkering, slight tinkering roster-wise, but mm-hmm. for the most part, the hay's in the barn, and, and I'm looking at players now trying to forecast uh, who may help us down the road. Randy, the first game of the year of the NFL season, the defending champs, Tom Brady, the Buccaneers, and the Cowboys, and we've already learned that a Cowboys all-pro offensive lineman, Zach Martin's not going to be available in that game because of yeah. COVID. I spoke to Peter King on this particular podcast, and he said he's hearing from the from coaches around the league that they expect more disruption from COVID this year than even last year. How do you think, how big of a story do you think COVID's going to be in terms of player personnel and who's available each week? Well, I don't think it's behind us, that's for sure. And there's a reason the league kept the rules similar to where they were a year ago yeah. with practice squads being at 16 and having kind of a free reign to go up and down on the active roster. They've made it to where they suspect some of that as well. And again, it's it's a every night you lay in bed and you wonder what you're going to wake up to the next morning. It is not a great time to be a GM from that standpoint and a coach for that matter. So you got to be on your toes. You got to have contingency plans and uh, hope that your team gets vaccinated because at least if you have vaccinated guys, you know the result of one, a positive test or two, a close contact. And so you can deal with a finite number of days missed. And I think from a planning competitive standpoint, that's all you can ask in, in this day and age it's less than ideal do you think head coach i mean this is the big sixty-four thousand dollar question no one wants to admit to it but do you think coaches were making decisions and final cuts based on which of part of their team is vaccinated and which are not if you were back in your gm shoes and you had to make tough decisions and you had one guy over here that wasn't vaccinated and one who was so you potentially lose the guy over here for 10 days if he if he uh, tests positive during the course of the season, would that play into your decision-making as to who to keep on the team? Well, I think it would be toward the bottom of your roster. I think at the top end, maybe the top 35 or 40 guys, it's going to be based on pure football, right? And you just have your fingers crossed. You don't want to take a big step back to to have an unvaccinated guy or a vaccinated guy on your roster. So, right. But I do think when you're talking about practice squad and really from 40 on down, you you – can make decisions that are there's a fine line on who you're going to keep anyway you got to make some decisions by considering everything and nobody wants to say it i guess we can say it on this show but it has to be a factor no doubt about it yeah every friday uh, every thursday rather every thursday we will uh, post a new around the nfl with my friend randy mueller john schneider may be going to college football games 
but he's also spending a lot of times running around trading cornerbacks, acquiring cornerbacks, signing cornerbacks. This is leaving a lot of Seahawks fans out there, Randy, with a, a, a dissettled, kind of an unsettled, sorry, feeling about that position. We should be worried, should yeah. we not? This can't be a good thing that he's running around doing these things. Probably not. Not at this stage because we haven't played a game, right? We haven't had an injury yet. So, yeah, the fact that they're in scramble mode really is reflective of where their salary cap was this all offseason. And and to be honest with you, their whole offseason has been a little bit of a scramble just because they've had to rob Peter to pay Paul. Um, You know, it started with Jerron Reed, the defensive tackle that they let go that they really didn't want to let go. Uh, So they've had to make some decisions based on pure cap numbers. And that's where they're at at corner right now. I think that might be an ongoing issue for the first month or so of the season. They're going to have to have a revolving door. They're going to look at people. They're going to have to experiment some with people. They may sign a veteran or two on their on their practice squad because that is is allowed in uh, with these rules. So, yeah. yeah, And then you see other teams that have room. Like a 49ers uh, signing a kid like Josh Norman, who's yep. been around a long time, who's yep. got some skins on the wall. And yep. I think that might have been attractive to the Seahawks as well. I don't know where his numbers are going to come in, but I don't know if the Seahawks could have afforded that. But, yeah, they're going to have to they're going to have to be creative in what they do with their roster and putting guys out there to dress on Sunday. And it's going to start next Sunday. And maybe there's a few days to fill in the blanks. But really, the haze in the barn, like we said. How much did they mess up on Akello Witherspoon? They went out and got him. They gave him whatever, a couple of two, three, four million dollars. And then they cut bait with him before we even got to the to the starters gate. What does that tell you about that evaluation process? Yeah, that's hard. That's nobody wants to swallow your pride on that one that quickly. That's for sure. And I guess you could say two wrongs don't make a right. So once they got him and hey, I've been there, we've all been there where you've made a mistake on a player and you have to cut the cord. I think they were able to gain a little bit of what they gave up by getting rid of him. Um, There's no prorated part of his signing bonus that comes back to haunt him because we're past June 1 so that gets pushed in the next year but still from a planning standpoint it leaves you kind of at the altar and and no further down that road of a corner so you know they just felt like that he wasn't good enough and they made a mistake and it's evaluating players is not an exact science that's for sure so in one sense you got to panic a little bit in the other sense Hey, you got to give them credit for cutting the cord when they did. Randy, when I saw the Shaq Griffin contract in Jacksonville, all of us knew that a corner who's in the uh, higher echelon, let's call them higher echelon of the league, they get big money. They, they really yeah. do. They get good contracts. And when I saw the deal that he signed with Jacksonville, my immediate reaction as a Seahawk fan was, that's too much money. That's too many years. Yeah. Um, and I was pleased that the Seahawks didn't go there. Having said that, they find themselves in kind of a tough spot now. Would you have given him that contract here in Seattle? I would not have, and I think they did the right thing. I think it was totally based on money and where their cap was. They just couldn't do that. I think the other thing, Pete Carroll, we've we've learned from watching Pete and his defense is I think he feels like his defense and the system can make the players a little bit in the secondary better, and that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a guy that's six foot tall, six one, who maybe doesn't have top notch speed or acceleration, but they think they can 
coverage scheme things to where he's going to be an effective player and they shouldn't have to spend that kind of money on a corner. So I think that was a responsible move. And yeah, we'd love to have all of our starters back from before, but it's not like that defense was awesome last year all season long anyway. So we'll see, you know, we haven't played anybody yet. And I do think they, if you ask them, they would have probably have liked to have done more at the position, but the opportunities and the availabilities just weren't there for them. You were a terrific uh, GM and we'll end here. You were a terrific GM in New Orleans. New Orleans has been down this road before, unfortunately, with hurricane season. They needed to pick up their first game against the Packers and move it. It's going to end up in Jacksonville. So Packers and Saints in the post-Drew Brees era goes to Jacksonville. Take us a little behind the scenes. How does it work when you decide we shouldn't host the game here? Is it the league headquarters? Is it the Saints? Is it the combination of the above? Give us kind of a sense of what happens. Well, I think in this case, the league looked for options and and probably gave the Saints two or three options and then allowed them to kind of internally figure out some things as well. I think they did a great job in selecting Jacksonville, and I'm assuming they had most of the input in that because, as we know, it's a straight shot on I-10. They'll get a lot of fans that'll make the drive over there. Hey, Saints fans, even in this time where Hurricane Ida has devastated some of the area, you know what? They're getting in their car and going to a Saints game. That's just the way it is. I think think they practice in heat and humidity in New Orleans every day. Guess where else it's hot and humid? In Jacksonville. So that takes, you know, Green Bay from really going in a dome where they might equal the, the environment as far as weather goes to now having to play outside in a humid, uh, hot conditions in Jacksonville. And I think the Saints would take that bet as well. So I think strategically they, they did their homework and probably made uh, for as good of a situation out of nothing as they could. So I credit them and And uh, we'll see how it works on Sunday, but it'll be fun to watch them and see if the homework that we read about that they did in selecting Jacksonville actually comes to fruition. Former GM of the Seahawks, former GM of the Saints, former GM of the Miami Dolphins. He has agreed to be with us on a weekly basis to kind of go around and inside the National Football League. Those will be shows that we will record on Wednesdays and post on Thursdays with Randy Mueller and other names around the National Football League. I can't wait. I love football season. I can't wait to speak with you on a weekly basis. Thank you, Randy. Thanks, Mitch. I'm looking forward to it as well. Time to talk some pizza, beer, and salads with Zeke's president, Dan Black. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good, Mitch. Thanks. September is already here, believe it or not. How has the summer gone? Give us kind of a synopsis of what's going on at Zeke's. Summer's been good. You know, the the main theme there is people are out doing stuff. Our Belltown store, which is a block from the Space Needle, was active with tourists all summer, and so... Just seeing that kind of normalized activity out there has been great. I hear some huge news is coming down the pike. We've got the footprint south to north, Tacoma to Bellingham, but we're going east. I count 19 locations on the website. Tell us the exciting news about the eastern side of the state. Yeah, no, we just signed a deal in Spokane, so uh, we're excited to be doing a pretty major expansion in terms of geographic footprint and uh, really close to the GU campus over there. We're going to be packed for... Zags basketball games, which will be fun, and it's uh, it's just a cool spot. Is Mark Few welcomed at that location, Dan? He is welcome. I'll give you a warning if he's there so, you, <laughs> so that you don't have to show up. Harvest season. What does that mean? It's coming for beer drinkers, Dan. Yeah, it means IPA drinkers are going to be happy. This time of year, we do what's called fresh hop beer. All the big breweries do fresh hop versions, mainly of their IPAs, and it's really good beer, and we'll, we're going to have a ton of IPAs, both on draft and in cans, and so uh, including Lateral A, which is kind of our one of our more popular IPAs that you can only get at Zeke's, and so people are excited about that. 
And what we learned during the pandemic is you can have that delivered to your door with the pizza. Yep, absolutely. They haven't rolled any of the laws back. So yeah, beer delivery is still going strong. And uh, like I say, people will be getting these fresh hop IPAs delivered soon. Zeke'sPizza.com or do the easy thing and download the Zeke's Pizza app like we do here in the Levy household. We love Zeke's Pizza. It's homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. And it's no, nay, never. No, nay, never, no more. When I play the Wild Rover, no, never, no no more. more. And you are just, by the way, as out of tune as I remember. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't gotten better. <laughs> uh, why does it always feel like, I don't know, like we're, like we've snuck out, we're doing something wrong. Uh, whatever you say. No, whenever you go Slicky and I go Mitchy, it's like, uh, I think we're, that's we're the, I think walkie that's talkies our, under a blanket. I think that's the new way that we ought to start every episode of the brand new Shooting the Shit with Slick and Mitch, which debuts this coming Friday. We're going to drop new shows, weekly shows, you and me. Yeah. Notice, notice who got top billing. It's shooting the shit with Slick and Mitch, not right. Mitch and, and Slick. And I didn't even demand that it be so. You just, you know what? That was like a gift. That was uh, a gift to me, so I appreciate it. I think I should start by saying, you know, it's no, nay, never. <laughs> no, nay, never, no more, and how sweet it is. Will I play the Wild Rover? No, never, no, never, no, no more. more. Your boys, your a boys. Sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Oh my goodness! <laughs> How about it, huh? Come on, let's go. <laughs> Kyle Seeger, the MVP of the series, and it's just—it's nice to have a series that you're supposed to go and kick the ass of the other team, and you actually come out with a sweep. Right. You know, it wasn't always pretty. You know, there was uh, there were a lot of uh, heart palpitations and everything, which I'm. <laughs> I'm supposed to get from the football team. I'm getting it from the baseball team here in September. Oh. But uh, you get the result, which is all that matters in the end. And, and you know, you look at the standings, and when's the last time you were looking down at the Oakland A's? You are looking down at the <laughs> Oakland A's, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oh, it feels good. So it feels it's two, good. what is it, two, as, as, at the time of this recording, yes. two games back in the loss column of the Boston Red Sox, I think, yeah. With 25 games to play, Mm -hmm. you're actually only five back of the Houston Astros in the loss column for the, uh, dare I I mention, the American League West. (laughs) And by the way, could you just imagine now, believe me, there's nobody in the world that thinks they're going to sweep the Houston Astros over the next three games after what we've seen for the last 10 years. Right. But could you imagine... If the Mariners over the next three days somehow <laughs> sweep the Astros, and now you're two games back, you're two games back with 22 to play in the American uh, League West. Dare to that- dream, <laughs> dare to dream, Slickhawk. And, and it is a dream, and that's that's what it'll stay. But just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet they wouldn't have. I bet they would have some pretty full seats for that for that Boston series coming up, and that Oakland series oh, coming yeah. up, and that's oh, yeah. that's what I want, man. Because here's the thing with me 
is that, and by the way, it's just wild to me that the Mariners have a better record than the San Diego Padres. Yeah. But what the Padres have now, that's what I've been following along and, and watching their journey because the Padres have been so horrible for so long and they come into the season and there's so much hope right. and the, st- the stands are packed. I went to a game earlier this year oh, down at Petco Park, oh, which is gorgeous. I watched Fernando Tatis hit a home run into a sea of San Diegans, as they say down there. It's The whole thing is just awesome. All those years of frustration are being let out now on, on a team that has a chance at, at, at being a winner. We're not there yet, but we could sneak in and that'd be fun. And and regardless, it's September and we're we're having fun cheering the team on and being somewhat in a playoff. See, race. I'm so hearing moral like. I'm hearing moral victories from you. How's that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Not I mean, moral victories? Well, I'm just hearing, oh, it's just nice to be in it. It's nice to have interest well, yeah. in it. Can well, we just, no, 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 but a big picture. No, but we gotta be big picture a little bit. No, because this isn't this isn't the time, right? I mean, the guys aren't even here yet. That's the encouraging part. Well, some of them that, are. That's, we're not supposed to be winning yet. Okay. Well, some of them are, and that's, that's part of the issue. <laughs> uh, it seems like every game, oh. Jared Kelnick has a big situation that he's thrown into, which is what you want with a young guy. You just, you'd just like to see him come through more than he does. But, uh, I'm having a blast. Good. Whatever, whatever Good. it ends up being is what it's going to be for this season, but it gives me... Oh, stop that. Okay, Would you fine. stop building Look, in the safety net? You're building what? in the safety net. It's not net. a safety net. It's already there. Okay. I know what this is. No. But that's okay. No, this is different. This is different. They're going to win the wild card. They're going to they're, they're they're overcome all the obstacles. They've got 25 games to play, and I even got exactly who they, they play. They play the Astros the next three. So here are the 20, here's the breakdown of the 25. You've got seven versus the A's. Mm-hmm. You've got six versus the Angels. You've got three versus the Astros. You've got three, as you point out, mega games against the Red Sox on September 13th, 14th, and 15th. You've got three against the Royals and three more against the Diamondbacks. So that's seven and six and three and three and three and three. Even you can do the math on that. That's 25 games to play. You are two in the lost column behind the Red Sox for the final wild card spot. And they've been outscored the Mariners. I think well, <laughs> after this after Sunday's game, they got a lot of they got they padded their stats on Sunday's game, but I think Which I didn't a, like. <laughs> Oh, I didn't yeah. like it. No, I mean, I mean, no, no, don't get me wrong. It's the 11th inning. They're scoring yeah. runs. I'm yeah. like, cool. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, I want to I want to sneak into the playoffs with a, a run differential of minus 60 and that I can flip off everybody who cares about those things and think that it matters one bit because you got a team that wins one run games because you have a team that pitches very well and it is learned how to win these kinds of games. It's a team that pitches well. They, their offense isn't there yet. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they live and die with their pitching. Slicky. They've got pretty good pitching. I like it. Slicky, did you watch any college football over the weekend? I know you're in, Leaven- <laughs> you're in Leavenworth, Washington. Right. Did you uh, notice any Pac-12 results? <laughs> on, uh, uh, oh, Ye Olde North is not uh, doing so hot, oh, uh, except for one team who managed to pull eek, out, eek out eek, a victory. Yes, eek, exactly. Eek, eek out a victory against yeah. Fresno State. Yes. Well, uh, two late, I don't know. Two late scores it took Oregon to, to, to win that game. Were they right. not behind? Were they not a behind in the fourth quarter? Okay, a little, a little sure. bit yeah. early in the fourth quarter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't love that. But then I saw Saturday night um, 
I wasn't even watching. I was hanging out in Leavenworth, and yeah. I look at the score. It's halftime, and it's really close between Washington and Montana. I was like, well, is, are they going to pull away or what? Is, so I put it on at the, the Airbnb that we're staying at. I made everybody kind of suffer through that. So uh, that was um, – I mean, as a Duck fan, as an Oregon fan, as most people listening know that I am, there was a little bit of satisfaction in that for mind. me. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens next week. Oregon, Ohio State, Washington, Michigan. But what was that? Oh. Like – uh, I thought they were overrated, but I didn't expect that. Nobody expected that. <laughs> the whole world wants Jimmy Lake fired. They want Sam Heward to replace the quarterback. Dylan Morris is no good. This, Jimmy this- Lake said he wasn't even shocked. He said, are you shocked? Like, I'm not shocked. Oh, well, oh I think everybody God. else is shocked. If the head coach isn't shocked at losing to an FCS team, maybe that's, that's your first problem. I don't what, know. What's going to happen with those two games this weekend? How, how is the mighty Pac-12 North going to stand up in Columbus, Ohio, and yeah. Ann Arbor, Michigan? What's going to happen? What usually happens when the Pac-12 plays against another conference, <laughs> a big five conference? It doesn't go well. Uh, you know, Oregon, they're, they're going to be outmatched, I think. Washington, I don't know how good Michigan is. So, I mean, maybe they wake up, they figure something out. But uh, I don't expect Oregon to win that game. I just don't think defensively they're there. I think they can get it together offensively against mm-hmm. Ohio State, but mm-hmm. I just the defense isn't there. The name of the show every Friday for patrons of Mitch Unfiltered will be Shoot the Shit with Slick and Mitch. I like how you did that. And I have to point out that we also have this, uh, for the second year in a row, this NFL Picks contest coming back. <laughs> and one of the reasons I, I called upon Slick to join the team here, the Mitch Unfiltered team, is we need his, we, we, meet, we need his picks. We need your success rate. Last you need year, me to be one of the boys. Last year, Scott and I got trounced. Absolutely. I heard that. Tr- we were supposed to, we not supposed to, we did. We gave a prize, literally some prize, to every single person in our audience who outpicked. Mitch and Scott throughout the uh-huh. entire season on the Beat the Boys contest presented by percentages? Um, it was not pretty. <laughs> I think I gave out. I think I want to give out. I think I gave out over four hundred prizes. Good so, Lord. so, so we've got Beat the Boys presented by Fireside Home Solutions again this year. Mm-hmm. But we're going to add producer Steve and we're going to add Slickhawk to the mix. Now, not only not only do you have to beat Scott and myself, but you have to beat Scott. Mitch, Slick, and Steve. And the way it works is very simple. Three games a week. We choose three NFL games a week. The first week coming up, Cards, Titans, Finns, Pats, Saints, Packers. You got to pick three winners. No against the spread. Just pick three winners. And we're got to pick them to win. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Who's going to win? We're all going to pick three winners every week. 18 weeks of the NFL season, 54 games, right? Every time you get one right, you get a point. Every member of our audience that beats all of us, you have to beat all of us, you'll get a prize from Daniel's Broiler, gift certificates from Zeke's Pizza. We have cash prizes. We have monthly uh, patron months. we got all kinds of stuff, but you've got to beat all four of us. Now, I gave the, I gave the password earlier in the show. You have to have the password. That's the whole catch of the thing. you got to have the password that Mitch gives out on Mitch Unfiltered's Monday shows to be able to go in there and make your picks. And so I gave it out earlier in the show. The, the password the first week is Slickhawk. 
S-L-I-C-K-H-A-W-K, all in lowercase. Slickhawk will get you in to make your picks. Now, can you help us this year? I'm 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 falling backwards. Will you will you catch me and help us this year, please? I know you're adding Steve and myself so you can maybe give out a few less prizes <laughs> this year. Make it a little bit harder. I, I'm not sure people won't see their opposition and say, well, I, I think it's easier. But uh <laughs> But uh, we're gonna find out. We're gonna have some fun. Uh, okay. Now that now this is very. I didn't want to say slick. It's very sleek what you've done. It's very yeah. clean. It's very, very clean. Yeah, all the, the the way you've got it with the password and That's everything. It. So who who came up with all this? Me. No, and it wasn't you. <laughs> yes. No. yes, it was. Come yes, on. it was. Come on. And by the way, to enter, I guess I should tell everybody how to enter, although if you entered last year, you probably don't have to go through these steps, but you just go to MitchUnfiltered.com, and across the top, the banner, it says play here, click here to play. It'll take you to the website where you will create a username and a password, and then, but you will need to have the password, right? You need to have the password every week to make your three picks. No spreads involved. Very easy. Three NFL games. I actually choose the NFL games. I try to find three that might be able to go the either way. I try to, and apparently I made them a little too difficult for myself last year. <laughs> so uh, this this week, week one, it's coming. Cards, Titans, Finns, Pats, Saints, Packers, and your boys will be Indiana in Indianapolis. And as we record this, they're still looking for cornerback. They're signing cornerbacks off the street, <laughs> left and right. Slick they're because they got nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Why? How did we get to this situation? How do we get to this position, Slick? Well, uh, I mean, there's a, <laughs> where do you want me to start? We can start with their drafting the last seven oh. years. We could start by giving a whole lot of money and resources. I mean, you know the stories yeah. and everything. They did yeah. Jamal Adams and all that. So it's, yeah, it, it's not good. Um, and then part of it, too, I'm sure. I mean, but, but here's the thing, though. This, this is what encourages me. Every time late like this they make a trade to bring in a player, I get concerned unless it's at cornerback because and I'll, I'll use Justin Coleman as an example oh, because yeah. Pete Carroll knows what he's looking for and he doesn't hit every time but I think he knows certain skill sets that he can probably work with so yeah, yeah. I think that when Pete Carroll is involved in a cornerback search chances are he's gonna find somebody that'll work now follow I don't up need question. it to be so close yeah. follow up question <laughs> yeah how did he do so far on Akella Witherspoon how did he how, how, how did he do on that particular decision? You mean next year's sixth round pick? He did great. <laughs> or fifth round pick. Sorry. Fifth. He got a fifth round pick out of that. I, I don't know that that's what he was evaluating. You, you, you just told me that he evaluates corners and he knows what he's looking for. And he I can said he won't get it every time. Okay. Not every time. You can't, you can't hit 100%. Okay. Just like us with the Beat the Boys. But okay. we're going to get a lot. Okay. Going to get a lot. So who's yeah. going to start a corner and are we... We're not concerned against the Colts, are we? Because they don't have many wide receivers. They got T.Y. Hilton. Although you, you, you corrected me on Twitter to tell me that they've wow. got a couple that we're not thinking of. But it's week two, the home opener. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that we want to skip ahead to that, but Julio yeah. Jones, A.J. Brown, <laughs> AJ Brown. Mm -hmm. Josh yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. So I'm not – it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it's not gonna no uh week one against the colts Pittman and and paris campbell i think it's gonna be a lot of little stuff a lot of catch and run kind of stuff that just kind of pisses you off right so it's like a thousand paper cuts do, we think think carson gonna Wentz, be, do you think carson there's not Wentz gonna be a lot of, do you think carson uh, yeah, Wentz yeah, is gonna play i, I do okay. i think he's gonna play i think yeah. Quentin nelson's gonna play okay 
I just don't think it's going to be a lot of big plays. So I, I think Seattle can outscore them. Right. But you're going to be frustrated. You're gonna, that's going to be a lot of third downs picked up. It's going to be just a lot of ooh, what, uh, number one. I think Paris Campbell wears number one. Right. Ohio State product. He's healthy now. So yeah, he uh, he's good. Okay. He's quick. All right. So that's going to frustrate you, but they're going to be okay. All right, we're going to talk a lot more about the Seahawks and the Colts game in our inaugural episode of Shoot the Shit. Shooting the shit. I'll get it right. Shooting the shit with Slick and Mitch, which will be posted every Friday during the the NFL season. And this Friday will be our inaugural edition. Are you excited about that? I am very excited about it. I do. um, Anything going on before before we we get out of here? Before we get out of here, I do want to mention this because um, it was very sad when I saw the news out on Twitter uh, that our dear friend Ben Wright had passed away. And, of course, he was a a beloved member uh, of your show for years and years and years. And we we always had a great time. Yeah. Uh, When we first start, just for for people who who don't know or have listened or, or have heard Ben Wright along the years, uh, he wasn't always a, a fixture on the morning show. In fact, I, I think the way it started, one time you asked, "Hey, can you can you find my friend my friend Bentley Wright?" And I said, uh, <laughs> "And I said how?" No, and, and so so it, it's funny because I had uh, a paper Rolodex that was handed down to me from past producers. It's yeah. like yeah. it's like uh, one of those things that just gets passed down. So yeah. yeah, his number, his phone number, his landline phone number was actually written in the margins of this big Rolodex that I have. Yeah. So I so I gave him a call. We brought him on once and the conversation was really good and, and we would bring him around we would bring him on a, when the majors were going to happen to yeah. preview the major and yeah. then eventually to to review the major. And yeah. so we brought him on the second time really because he was a guest that I could get to talk about <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> but it just it became a part of the show, you know, going along. And of yeah. course, he told so many great stories. Anytime you could get him talking about the '86 Masters yep. and and uh, Yes Sir Gate, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and his and his call of of Seve's horrible shot and, and yeah, all of yeah, that. Yeah, but gosh, yeah, you remember? Was, oh yeah. But what what? And, and it's funny because anytime I would I would call him, he was thrilled to hear from me. Yeah, uh, because it meant he got to come on your show and talk to you, which, you know, that was very rare when I would call a guest. <laughs> but uh, what sticks out to me was a story he told and I'll never forget it. Oh. And and he was playing. He was he was playing. He's going to play a course. Yes. And they're going to deliver him a caddy. Yes. And it's Rory McIlroy. Yes, a young 14. <laughs> a young 14. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 14 year old yes. little small little whip of a lad. He called him. <laughs> And, and he goes up and, and Ben Wright talks about it. he had this large American bag and he said, I, I don't think you're going to be able to carry this bag. And Rory McIlroy looked at him and I'm, I'm going to use I'm going to get in some, a bad English accent here. Yeah, it sounded yeah. like Ben Wright. Yes. And he said, Mr. Wright, <laughs> the bag hasn't been made that I can't carry. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just remember all those times, and uh, and he and he is missed. But uh, he a lot will of be fun missed. Times with Ben. There were sure. two guys. There were two guys that really, to me, stood out. Not necessarily because they were the best guest. Everybody, had, who was the best guest that you ever had, or who's your favorite guest? I, I don't want to go there. But two two guests really kind of resonated with me and became a lot more than just a guest. And they were Bino Cook 
and they were Ben Wright, and they were very similar. One was born in 1931, the other was born in 1933, and I looked very much forward, and when I started this podcast, Ben Wright was thrilled to hear, just as thrilled to hear from me, booking my own guest as he was to hear from (laughs) Slickhawk, booking him to go on with Mitch. So, yeah, he'll be missed. I guess he was 87, I think 87 or 88 years old when he passed away last week. But I, I'm really glad that you brought that up before we uh, before we finish. No, I, I definitely had to, uh, you know, and just I remember all those calls on Sunday nights. I mean, we the segment would be done. I mean, you know, if you would let me, we could have just recorded that and put it on the air because inevitably we'd talk. I, I remember how much he hated uh, the U.S. Open that was here at Chambers. <laughs> it looked simply horrendous. So, uh, how he put it to me. <laughs> I said, this is my home here. He's like, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I had to say it. <laughs> uh, all right, Slickhawk, that's fantastic. So you and me will record on Thursdays. We'll drop on Fridays. It's called Shooting the Shit with Slick and Mitch. And what it will be is exactly that. It'll be kind of off the cuff. We'll talk about what's going on in both local and national sports. This coming Friday, you'll hear us talk about the, the Seahawks and the Colby we'll right there on, on, the, on the precipice of, uh, of the opening week of the NFL season. I look forward to it. Thank you, Slickhawk. Enjoy Leavenworth. Appreciate it. Talk to you later this week. You know, there's just no better place to celebrate special occasions than Daniels Broiler. And here's the CEO, Lindsey Schwartz. Hi, Lindsey. Hey, good to be back on. Let's start. The new downtown location, you're finally reopening it on a smaller level. Explain that to us. Yeah, finally. It's crazy to think. We've been closed for 15 months, but we feel like the time is right. Uh, There hasn't been a lot going on in downtown Seattle, but it's starting to pick up. So we're going to start small. We're just going to open the lounge Tuesdays through Saturdays. It opens at 4 o'clock, and we'll be doing our Bar Bites menus. It's got some steaks on there and drinks. And if you're downtown Seattle, come visit us the Hyatt Regency in downtown Seattle and with that opening now we've got job openings at all four restaurants right you need people you need employees and it runs the gamut for you guys yeah, and we're doing better. We've been getting staffed up, but we still definitely have openings at all four locations, all positions in the kitchens and the dining rooms, full-time, part-time, very flexible. So if you know anybody or if you're interested, please come on in and see us. I'm not a huge drinker, but this bourbon bash that you do every year gets a lot of play. I think this is going to be your 10th anniversary of the bourbon bash, and it's a pretty big thing, a pretty big deal for you guys each year. Yeah, that's right, and I'm excited excited that we're able to keep the streak going and get the 10th one in this year. Number nine was in March of 2020, right before everything got shut down. Now that this will be the first big event that we've done in a long time. So it's happening at Daniel's Bellevue on September 18th at 5 p.m. We've already sold a lot of tickets. We sold out our VIP tickets, but we have the uh, general admission tickets still available, but not too many. Special occasions, special events. And go to danielsbroiler.com if you'd like ticket information for the 10th annual Bourbon Bash at Daniels Broiler World-Class Steakhouses. Unfiltered. stuff segment this is episode 157 i guess you'd call it the labor day week episode of mitch unfiltered and don't forget for patrons we are expanding the coverage the expanding the content we're going to have literally six shows a week if you include the monday show 
Monday show will yeah. kick off six shows every week uh, to patrons on Mitch Unfiltered. You go ahead. Tell you Schneider got? you need a raise too, man. Not just uh, well, it's a lot of work for you around here. A lot of work, it's but good. it's going to be fun work. And David Lee Roth part two dropped as well for patrons. Yes, yeah. and everybody. I, I I don't know that a lot of people have heard part two yet, but okay. everybody loves part one. Yes, they yeah. seem to enjoy it. So. Yeah. All yeah. right. So as I woke up. Saturday or uh, Sunday morning with tears in my eyes from the Husky loss. Yeah, not really. I was excited to see this story. One of the most. Ex- where did you wake up? Let's start with where you woke up on Sunday morning. Well, I told you I woke up in a house in a place called Tumble Creek. Yes. You familiar with it? Yes. Is it because there's a golf course there? Yes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Well, it's like a little neighborhood. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fancy schmancy, isn't it? Is the house nice that you woke up in? It's ridiculous. <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? Like I'm supposed to know. That look is like, Mitch, how do you, why would you ask well, me? Well, whose house is this? Friend of ours. Most of them are pretty nice in that area. Yeah. I think Russell has one out there, for instance. Oh, does he? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, good can for him. Can he afford it? Yeah, I think he probably can. Yeah. Yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, it's like an adult playground, this house. Really? A full court basketball in the back with dunk hoops. And it was only you in the, in the? There were four families there. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, four families. Including the family that owns the house? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, three of the families have kids. How's this gonna? Are these friends that have kids that like are your kid kids age or no? One of the friends I've known since fourth grade. One okay. I've known since eighth grade. Right. And then the other and one. And they I made have... something of themselves. Well, those two didn't. But the other friend, <laughs> <laughs> the other friend's the one who owns the house. Those I met him three years didn't. ago because he has twins uh, that are Piper's okay. age. Uh, All right. Anyway, I woke up in yeah. What's it called again? Tumble Creek. Yes, Tumble Creek. Yep. And I saw this story to cheer me up. One of the most successful music groups of all time, a little stump the band for you, yeah. has announced its return after nearly 40 years with a new studio album and a new concert. I got it. Do you really? You saw it? Beth, I hear you calling. <laughs> These guys tour every year, Kiss. I mean, no, it's not Kiss. Okay. The, I can tell you that I think it was 2001. No, it was 2000. This group turned down $1 billion to tour. They said no. Clearly, they don't need the money. They got a million. When hits. was the last time they toured? Forty years ago. John Lennon's not alive any longer, is he? Yeah, uh, no, he's not. No. But I, I feel like you would like this group. The Rolling Stones have toured in the last many years, so that yeah, doesn't remember, count. Their farewell tour was like '89. <laughs> <laughs> still, um, okay, here, here's the name of the people in the group. You ready? Yeah. Agnetha Faltskog, Annie Frid Linkstad, Benny Anderson. And Bjorn Ulvias, also known as ABBA. Oh, they've made motion pictures about this. This is important. Yeah. ABBA. Yeah. Do you remember them? Of course I do. Dancing Queen? Not a huge fan, but yes. Oh, really? I See, I thought you would have liked no, them. No, I mean, I liked them. I wouldn't say I'm a huge... Take a chance on Fernando. Did they make movies and shows and something about them? Something happened. Was it a major motion picture? What was it? Was there an ABBA movie? I don't know. Oh, you're talking about... I'm talking about something that was a Broadway show. Broadway show. That's Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. Huge. Saw it. Huge. Never saw it. You saw a Broadway show. God bless your whole... Big Broadway show guy. Oh, my God. I would have thought you and those other two families at that house would (laughs) not have seen... Three families. No, I... No, the two. The one owner, I would have seen it. (laughs) Saying you and the other two. Yeah, the two losers. I I love Broadway shows. We go to a lot of those. I've never seen a bad... in New York. I've never seen a bad Broadway show or an ugly baby. I told you before, you haven't seen Yankee Doodle Dandy. That was terrible. We left. Come on. Awful. I know the songs from Yankee Doodle Dandy. I'm a Yankee Doodle Come on. Dandy. James Cagney. Brutal. Anyway, they're going to be playing six nights a week, but th- this is the cool part. Fe- is this the original crew? Yeah. Well, no, yes. Somebody's no, no. dead. No, no. Somebody's got to be it's dead. It's crazy they're all four alive. I think their drummer passed away, but of, of the four that you recognize, that you see on the album covers, yeah. they're still alive. But if the drummer passed away, I'm out. Then you're out. Yeah. But they're, 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 they're doing <laughs> digital versions of the band members. 
accompanied by a 10-piece live band performing 22 of their greatest hits. They literally made avatars of them to look 28 or whatever they are. So their avatars are going to be the ones performing. I, I'm curious to I'm, see how this I'm, is going to work now out. I'm really, so they're not really performing. Well, it's them performing, but they're not. They're are they on stage or not? I think it's going to be their, they're called avatars. I don't know. Cute. They were designed by Industrial Light and Magic, the visual effects company that founded by a guy named George Lucas, who did Star Wars. I'm aware of him. Yeah. 850 people worked on recreating ABBA in their prime using motion capture technology to scan every mannerism and every motion of the musicians yes. who are now so in their 70s. So where are the actual people going to be? I think they're just going to be, I, I think they're going to be singing. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't really Behind know. Behind boards or something? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But their this avatars are going to be out there. You know who you're talking to here. Yeah, I, I know. know. You, you've lost me. I know. George Lucas. Ago, you don't, I don't even know, know, know who that, that is. Yeah. Anyway, ABBA's back. That's the big news. There you go. Can I can I get in get in here with Please the do. Mariners swept the Diamondbacks and they're only as we record this two games back in the lost column of the wild card spot. Love it. In the American League. Uh, kicking off a three-gate. What happens? What oh, happens? I, I got the answer. My hands raised. Yep. <laughs> what happens when they have some success over the weekend yep. and they make a run? Yep. What typically happens next? Oh, they'll lose four in a row. Two. Oh, they got playing the Royals next. No, or, oh, the Astros. Yeah, they're playing the Astros. Yeah, of course. The Astros will just send them right back down to earth, won't they? <laughs> Although they won two of three against the Astros the last time around, but uh, I should I should point out the Mariners are red hot. Crazy. As we record this episode, one fifty. As we record, they dropped seven in the eleventh inning. I saw. They did. Amazing. They did. Ah, uh, Pinellas probably. They so were happy. three three tied, and they blew a chance in the tenth. They really blew a chance in the tenth, and then they got a great performance on the hill in the bottom of the tenth, and then they scored seven. In the top of the eleventh to win the game, yes, love it. It was fabulous. Yes. Hey man, wait. So Huskies, Cougars, they both lost. But we got the Mariners. You got the Mariners you got for them. now. For now, yes, yes. But they're still in it. It's September what fifth as we record this. We're in September, and they're still in the playoff. Hunt. Still, I'll take it. still in the playoff hunt. I'm not being greedy. I'll don't take be it. greedy, please. Right. Don't. Yes, you're well, up. Brady, te- Tom Brady yeah. tested positive back in know this. February. Yeah. for COVID right after Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, but he told the Tampa Bay Times he thinks he caught the virus on the he, at the Super Bowl boat parade. Do you remember that? Yeah, that or was right Tom, before he spent like $200 million on a boat. Yeah, right before, yeah. A couple boats, yeah. Yeah, but you remember he was... Uh, he was throwing the trophy around, was he not? What did he throw from one boat to the... Or was that, that Gronkowski? Would be the, that would be the Lombardi trophy. They were throwing the Lombardi yeah. trophy around. But when you're him and you've seen so many in your life, it's just like what throwing a softball in your garage yeah, that you right, found, right? Who gives right. a crap? Yes. But... um. Yeah, so he was, remember, he was super drunk at that party, too. Someone had to, like, help carry him I off the boats that. and all yes, that. I do. Yeah, so, but he, he said something interesting, I thought. He said he thinks this season will be worse than last when it comes to the coronavirus. It's exactly what Peter King said during our segment here on episode 157, that he, he, King said that that's what coaches are telling him hmm. because, you know, people are out and about now because they're vaccinated, and I'm guilty of that. Yep. I'm vaccinated, and I'm not being as careful as I used to that's be. That's right. There's just no question about that. And guys are, you know, and we're, guys are testing positive, either vaccinated or not vaccinated, and they're going to be out. Yeah. And it's pretty strict. You get you get dinged 10, 10 days if you're not vaccinated and you pick up COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could really, yeah, we thought maybe, or at least I thought last year you'd see more of that. Right. Like a team is going to lose one of their best players. I don't really feel like it happened a lot, did it? No. It wasn't a big factor, no, I No, it wasn't. Say. No, it wasn't. I mean, already Zach Martin, who's the all-world Tackle, I think he's to tackle. Maybe he's Cowboys. A guard. Yeah, I think he may be a guard now that I think. Yeah. Uh, really, really terrific offensive lineman. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night to kick off the season. He can't play. Yeah. Because he tested positive and he's pissed. And I think, 
I think he's vaccinated. In fact, I I know I read he's vaccinated, twice vaccinated, picked it up, not feeling any symptoms, but tested positive immediately out. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Tom Brady's saying. He said, we, what we're doing now and what the stadium is going to look like. You forget yeah. about that, too. Yeah. 60,000 people coming together Super again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so and the travel and all that. So, yeah, we'll see what should happens. We, should we bring back up? We talked about it on the Peace Show. Should we bring back up the Trent Dilfer video, coaching video? Oh, yeah, that's is right. Is that worthy of, of discussing a second time here on a, on a regular Monday show or yeah, no? Yeah, we could get to it. Trent Dilfer, everybody's seen it by now, grabbing the kid and yeah. where, where you stand on that. Have you changed at all your opinion? Have you read anybody else's opinion? Is there any new new feelings that you have about that? No. No. I, 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 he has, I think something has to be done. And I think he well, has what, to be I let go. I don't, well, it's not. It would have already happened, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, it hasn't happened. Well, you're asking me what I would have done. Yeah. yeah you he, would have fired him on the spot. You can't. You just can't be putting hands on kids. Even if it's football. You don't, that's you don't, the weird part that you, you came you up with, I, even though it's well, football. It's, weir- like. it's weird, but you don't buy it. <laughs> it, it shouldn't matter. I'm not saying all. it should. Do you think that there's a a different standard? Oh, yeah. of football coaches than basketball, yep. baseball, there is lacrosse, women's sports. Don't you don't you think that that football coaches, even in high school, have a different set of have a different bar? Yep, I think they do. Of, I don't okay. think they should, but I think they do. Yeah, because it's a boy, and he's got gear on. And it's a physical sport, and That's you're going right. out there trying to crack other people. And, right. Yeah, and what, what Dilford did to him wasn't the, the, the 100th hardest hit he's ever had. You know what I mean? Like, not even in that game. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Not even in that game. Yeah, he just kind of bull rushed him back. you grab a player by the jersey, and you bull rush him back to the – you yeah, should be fired. You have to be able to control yourself. And he was clearly okay. not controlling himself. And you do understand that there is a – universe of people who disagree with you on that oh for sure yeah and it may be even more than 50 50 that disagree with you on that yeah people think hey we've become soft it's football we don't know what he said back to his coach he's teaching discipline and he's setting an example for the rest of his team and people are just way too i mean 50 years ago 40 years ago people would have laughed at us that we're having this reaction all our coaches did that when we were kids right right, they all acted like that but if if we're really going to have the conversation about equality in this world yeah I said to you on the on the patron show, what would you think of a coach that did that to my 12-year-old daughter or to a 16-year-old girl? What would you think if you saw that in a basketball game? You'd probably go down there and punch him, and it's not even your kid, right? So if we're really going to talk equality, then I don't think we could be making distinctions like that. I just don't. That's where I stand. And I talked to my teacher wife about it, and I showed her the video. And as an educator, she's like, nope. He's out. Out. You, gotta, you just can't. Put your hands we on wouldn't even be having this manner. conversation if it were a high school boys basketball team, right? Oh, you're saying he'd already be gone. He'd right? already be gone. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We can't, we can't make distinctions. Again, did he hurt the kid? Of course not. He didn't hurt him at all. You just, you can't lose control and put your hands on do kids. You think in my that, opinion, do you think that the universe of people that don't agree with you on this, let's say there's. 52% that say, no way, hotshot, you're overreacting. It's football, it's discipline and whatever. What would those same people say in, a, in an incident that's the same in basketball? Would that, would that group still say the same thing? Maybe. Is it boy or girl? You have to tell me. Boy. To a boy? boy. Somebody grabs a, a boy by okay. his jersey and bull rushes him back and you know, 25 feet and throws him, onto the, throws him onto the bench. Would those people that are protecting Dilfer, yeah. would they say, oh, it's, or 
is it just worse because it's basketball and there's no pads and it's not football? I think some of them would still say, hey, look, you can't be soft. That's how I grew up. You know, there, yeah. there would still be a faction. I don't okay. know if you'd be exactly the same. Okay. I, I think it would just look worse when a kid's got a basketball jersey on and he's being shoved okay. backwards and put okay. into a seat. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll give you my last one and then you can have the floor for the rest of the show. Okay. Uh, we got to mention Naomi Osaka in the video after she was ousted from the U.S. Open. Do we not? We've talked a lot about her over the time. We've had we've had guests on. We've had mental health experts on. We've yeah. had people talking about Naomi Osaka. We've had former tennis players on, Mitch Unfiltered. Did you see the video of her very heartbreaking press conference at the at, at the U.S. Open after she I lost? did see the video. I did see her smash her racket on the court as well, yeah. which I think kind of all factors in. Yeah. She looks like she's just in a bad way. She just does not look like a happy person. And if she's faking all of this, then she's an incredible People actress. People do question her sincerity. Yeah, she's a great Which great is hard actor. to understand. How yeah. could you look at that video? Although the next thing you read is that she made $55.5 million. She was the, the biggest <laughs> profiting female athlete in the world this year in 2021. Right. But, um, but does, does that matter? If somebody's having mental health problems. Not to me. Not to me. I mean, look at Chris Cornell, lead singer of Soundgarden, who took his life. Who wouldn't want to be Chris Cornell? But just because you have a great life or you have money, if, if you're mentally ill, if you have some mental, that, that shouldn't matter. She said something during that press conference, if you watched it, that really, to me, hit home. Okay. And really kind of, kind of summarizes somebody in that situation. She said, when I win a tennis match, I'm not happy. I feel relief that I won. Huh. When I lose a tennis match, I feel very, very upset. So I'm not, I'm not getting any tangible happiness out of winning. I'm just getting relief out of winning, like mm. I'm supposed to win. And that's, you know, that's really sad. It, it, it's almost as if she's doing it for other people, not right. herself. Yeah. It's really sad. That is sad. It's tennis. Right. And she's... She's young. She should be having fun playing tennis for a living. She's making millions and millions and yeah. millions of dollars and has all kinds of doors opened up to her. If she can't find any happiness and joy in playing tennis for a living at age 20, whatever she is, five? Yeah. Really? Come on, man. Yeah. She's got to get her some help. Yeah. Right? What, so what's what's the next move for her? Is she, is she She said she's not going to play. She's just going to take some she time. She cried and she said, I don't see myself playing another tennis match yeah. for a long time. Which yeah. is sad on a lot of levels, isn't it? For everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't get the people that are so skeptical and cynical at pointing fingers at her and saying disingenuous and all that stuff. I don't get that. Even if she is, let's say, faking a little she's bit. She's not faking she's not, any. But, okay, but... If she was, wouldn't you still want to be sad that she's reaching out for help? That's like her way of like wanting help, even if she is sort of faking a bit. Like, totally. Why would you ever? Totally. Like, I don't know. I don't oh. get it. All right. You remember Johnny Bench, the old baseball player? No. Well, he's tested. Never heard of him. He's tested positive for coronavirus. He will not be able to attend the upcoming National Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremony. In Cooperstown. And he is, yeah, he's, he's really not happy about it. He's, he loves it. He's bummed he has to miss out on seeing the latest Hall of Fame class. Do you remember who the Hall of Fame Class was the class of 2020. It's called. No, no. I didn't either. Derek Jeter. Oh, yeah. We didn't do 20. Right. We skipped 20 because of the pandemic. So I think they're going to do 20 and 21 together, I maybe. I think so, yeah. Okay. Or maybe know. like one in six months. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, and Larry Walker. Yeah. I had no idea who got You don't inducted. know who those guys are? I, I, no, I. I know Jeter, and I know I, I forgot people have landlines. It scared me for a second. We have a landline. I know. Yeah. I, I remember Larry Walker. He was a really good player. 
and Derek Jeter, but Marvin Miller and Ted Simmons, I don't, don't think know. I know. Marvin Miller was the head of the Players Association. He was an attorney. He was the head of the player okay. in negotiations for new labor agreements, and Ted Simmons was a DH slash catcher uh, for many, many years with the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers. He was okay. on the Braves later in his career. Ted Simmons, the captain. No. Nope. No. Not Nothing. ringing a bell. It sure I'm isn't. trying. I have I'm a, trying, folks. <laughs> the bell doesn't I'm get trying. easily rung in my head, all right? Okay. All right, the WNBA, for whatever reason, they released the 25 greatest and most influential players in WNBA history. I won't yes. run down the whole list for you, but yes. for Storm fans, of course, Sue Bird, yes. the oldest active person she on the list. She number what? Well, that's the thing is they don't have them like one through 25. Because, yeah. They don't like... Yeah, they would do... Uh, yeah. They don't have them in order. Yeah. But um, it's weird that the youngest active player is Brianna Stewart at, what is she, 27, 26? She's on the list. And then, of yeah. course, Lauren Jackson made it. Yeah. Another. So three... Three storm um, members? Yeah, I thought there might have been a fourth. I wish they'd rank them. Why can't they rank them? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they did the list I saw. It didn't look like it was Is ranked. that a woman versus man thing? I don't know. I mean, I, nah, I don't know. Did they Remember they did the 50 best NBA players? Yeah. Did they rank them? They didn't rank them, did they? Oh, no, they didn't. Yeah, I don't. You're right. I don't know how you would even start to like say who's better. And yeah. plus, it's influential. It's in the community. It's other okay, stuff. Yes. More than just... Yes, players. Yes, so, the anyway. best fifty players. They did not rank him. You're right. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Okay. Weird night over in uh, down in L. A. on Friday night. Do you see this sad story? This comedian Fuquan Johnson. I think that's how you say his name. He died this weekend of an apparent overdose along with two others while they were at a party, and a fourth person is in the hospital. Did you see this? No. This is crazy. It's so no. sad. So Kate Quigley, she's the recent girlfriend of Darius Rucker, who I'm oh, sure you're yeah. familiar with. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. Big Dolphins fan. That's right. That's right. But the, the, the Dolphins will make you cry, he said in one of the songs. Go ahead. Two people passed away, Enrico Colangeli and Natalie Williamson. They were 48 and 33 years old at a party. And TMZ's reporting, they think that cocaine laced with fentanyl appears to be what was ingested by all. So the one who's alive, Kate Quigley, is super lucky to be alive. Looks like she's Do gonna, you know any of these people? She's going to pull through. Or are you just bringing up like well, I've, I've heard the random name. Random people's names. Well, they're not random. I mean, they're, they're like, yeah. they're, they're comics. Okay. But and do you know them? I, I know Fuquan Johnson. You that don't really know familiar. them. I don't think you know them. I, I don't know Kate I'm judging Quigley. your facial expression right now. I don't think you know these people. Darius Rucker, I know. Oh, I do too. <laughs> and if it's his. The Dolphins will make you cry. If it's his girlfriend, then I'm going to report on it. Okay. All right. Three re- RIPs real quick. Willard yes. Scott. You must he died? Know. He did, yes. I didn't know Willard Scott died. The iconic when? Today Show weatherman. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. sure. Um, over the weekend, it says, I don't know. He, oh, how old was he? He was 87 years old. Mm. Remember he did the uh, happy birthday to the, what are they? Oldest woman. Yeah, the, all the 100-year-old year, hundred men and women. Yeah, what's it called when you turn 100? You're not, it's not an octogenarian or whatever it is, but the, the Smuckers segment. It was like it was always pre- like sponsored by Smuckers. They oh, wish happy know. birthday to Irma or whoever it was. Yeah. yeah. But how about this? He played the very first incarnation of Ronald McDonald in TV ads Didn't know during that. the '60s. Who? Who? How would anyone ever know that? Did not know that. And even had a turn up. I didn't know Bozo he died. The clown. Yeah. I didn't know Willard Scott died. Yeah. Did. Sorry to hear he that. He was an all-around joy spreader. He would do like the he Macy's was the best. Parade. Yeah. He was. Look great. at this beautiful lady. He would say. Yeah. About Irma. Yeah. He put right. Irma's. She. He put Irma's picture up. She'd be like 146 years old. Yeah. And he'd say. Look at this beautiful woman. I know. Yeah. So great. Centennials, they're called. Makes sense, I okay, guess. We yes. probably could have done yeah. that math. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I always what, loved a producer how, say that in your ear? Or yes, what? he did. Yeah. I always loved how Al Roker, like real, Al Roker became like one of his best friends and Al Roker replaced yeah. Willard Scott. And so yeah. I always liked that relationship they had. There was never any Didn't like, know about the relationship, but yeah. now you're breaking news. Al Roker, I think he might've been the one like to break it. He was very close to the family and all okay. that. So, okay. And then this one about the former NFL wide receiver, David Patton. 
He won three Super Bowl titles with the Patriots. His name sounds familiar. He was killed in a motorcycle crash Thursday outside Columbia, South Carolina, according yeah. to... Did, yeah, you, remember. Do you, you remember that name? I remember him vividly. War number 86, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember David Patton, the wide receiver for the motorcycle Warriors. accident. Yeah, yeah. Got to be careful with those motorcycles. Is that man. your last RIP? Did we do Ben Wright? Did He's, we talk about Ben Wright on the P show? I don't know if we did. I think I know you tweeted about it, but I don't think yeah. we talked about it. Long time uh, golf voice, both on CBS. Oh, sure, I remember. Yeah, I remember when he got and let then go. On our show. You remember when he like? Uh, you yeah. remember the controversial yes. comments? Yeah. Uh, he was on our, sh- our radio show for many, many years. Yep. It was always fun to, to talk with Ben Wright about golf. He got a kick out of me. I got a kick out of him. We kind of grew old together <laughs> in, in one way or another. And then he joined me here on the, the podcast. He passed away last week, I think at the age of 87. So That sounds right. Yeah. Now, did, did David Faraday take his place or no? Do I have that huh? wrong? Did David Faraday take his place on the broadcast? No, I wouldn't okay. say David Faraday took his place. Okay. David, no, no. Uh, he was in the he was in the booth. David Faraday was mostly on the golf course. Yeah, I wouldn't say that David Faraday took his place. Okay, because I remember yeah. he kind of came on the scene around the same time as Ben leaving, right? Or was Faraday? Maybe, always- maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. All right, well, you won't know this guy. His name is Ricky Lee Reynolds. He was a guitar player in a band called Black Oak, Arkansas. He passed away at 72. But if you listen to the David Lee Roth podcast. Yes. Which one? Well, the first one. Yeah. The first uh, Black Oak, Arkansas had a lead singer named Jim Dandy. Probably not his real name. And he had long blonde hair and he moved around on stage kind of crazy. Well, David Lee Roth was kind of obsessed with this guy. And he actually went to one of their concerts and and asked Jim Dandy if he can record the show with his with his video camera. And he so people think David sort of ripped off Jim Dandy from Black Oak, Arkansas. Yeah. But Jim Dandy has said, nah, everyone learns from people. I hate to bring this up Uh when you're you're kind of basking in the glow of your your success with these musical podcasts. No, go ahead and shit on it. Okay, go ahead. No, no, I'm not going to shit. I, I I saw an email that kind of crossed my desk. It kind of went across my desk. <laughs> yeah. About you making some mistake. Oh, it was is like, it true that you you're making now mistakes during these podcasts? Yeah, I, somebody caught one. You I, made a mistake about David Lee Roth in like either episode one or two of ep, of David Lee Roth. To be fair, the mistake was about Gary Sharon. I don't know who that is. Exactly. Is he my Sharona? He is not. <laughs> but. It wasn't about David Lee Roth. G- Gary Sharon was the lead singer on but I, 1998's Van Halen 3, and I'm, I said I'm it was I'm starting Sammy. to hear kind of a groundswelling of <laughs> right. that there's factual errors in yeah, these things. And i got to be very careful as the executive producer of the uh, Mitch Unfiltered patron site. I was actually thinking, because I saw that when I was in the grocery store, that comment, and it really yeah. pissed me off. <laughs> I, I'm glad he told me, Yeah. Because I, but I was thinking... I don't think I've had any of those in like 10 episodes, which I'm pretty proud of. Now, I'm sure I have made a mistake and maybe yes. someone just didn't catch it. Yes. But for one mistake, and yes. I, was, I was off by two years, by the way, too. Really? Because Sammy left in 96. That album came out in 98. Yeah. I thought Sammy was, well, I knew Sammy wasn't the lead singer. He left on Father's Day of 1996. Anyway, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm glad people. We have time for one more story, Hot Shots. Saturday Scott. night at yes. a Dairy Queen on Vancouver Island, British Columbia. I love a good Dairy Queen. A video shows a man arguing with staff over the restaurant's mask policy. You do not have a brain, the man shouted at Dairy Queen servers behind the counter. He didn't want to wear a mask. Yeah. A worker asked him to follow the rules, telling him he couldn't be served unless he wore a mask. What are the rules, the man responded before saying, BC policy says you have to observe exemptions. So he's making it like he has an exemption. He doesn't have to wear a mask. 
the woman just basically said, look, it's Dairy Queen's rules. My hands are tied. If you don't have a mask, I can't. Go talk to the owner. A lot of that. Yeah. You know who the owner is. That'd be Warren Buffett. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, And she said, we got customers behind you. We want to serve them. So just mask or no mask. Right. Following this conversation, the man swore and appeared to unzip his trousers and relieve himself. Staff can be heard screeching in horror as they witness the scene. This is the first incident of this nature, Royal Canadian Mounted Police Sergeant Chris Manso told CTV. He added, I think people should just wear their masks and be safe and be polite. As yet, no arrest has been made, but police are asking anyone with, with, uh, with the video of the incident to share it with investigators. So there, is, there are videos out there. I didn't look too in hard which to find town? It. This was in British Columbia. Okay. All right. It was uh, Vancouver Island. Here. That's Not right. Not far from here. Yeah, just right. a few hours. Yeah. It's really unfortunate timing for Dairy Queen, though, as they recently released the new Lemonade Twisty Misty Slush, and I will not look at that drink the same. That's tough break for them. Uh, far be it for me to judge anyone, Mitch, but after hearing about a guy relieving himself at an ice cream store, yeah. I think this fella can really use some Sunday school. The man hasn't been identified yet, but if... He hasn't been identified, but if I'm yeah. the detective working this case, I'm yeah. definitely paying a visit to Mr. IP Freely. <laughs> and finally, who knows what sort of issues this person is dealing with, honestly, uh, but I think we can safely eliminate uh, shy bladder syndrome. Uh, By the way, which, you know, some people have. You go to those Seahaw <laughs> games and there's somebody 14 inches to your left and yeah. 14 inches Can't to your be. right. Can't go. 65 people behind you yelling, hurry the F up while holding their <laughs> a lot beers. Of stress. A lot of stress. A lot of anxiety. So in a way, I'm kind of impressed by this fellow that he could do All that. right. Uh, Mitch Unfiltered, if you're not a patron, consider becoming a patron of $5 a month because we're, we, are, we are debuting a brand new football schedule. And I, I have been remiss that I haven't mentioned, at least in the, the, the podcast so far, that this football schedule is brought to you by Taco Time and Taco Time Northwest. Oh, great. And Taco Time Northwest have been great partners of Mitch Unfiltered during football seasons past, and, and they are a, a family-owned business for 60 years in this town. Yeah. And they, like many other in the hospitality business, are looking for employees. And they told me something that I didn't know that I thought was shocking and, and very interesting. They are looking for employees from... From low to top, right? Oh, really? Okay. Yes, all across the board. In fact, they are offering $5,000 signing bonuses for general managers of stores, $2,000 signing bonuses for assistant general managers of stores. Wow. They're, uh, they have a huge, I, I can't even go into it, they have a huge um, perk package, okay. you know, compensation yeah, package yeah, yeah. for everybody. And all you got to do is go to tacotime.com backslash career. Okay. And they're doing their interviews virtually. It's a 15-minute interview on the computer. Oh, nice. You don't even have to wear pants. Right, if you don't want to. You don't have to wear pants. <laughs> Just make sure the camera is up, That's up right. as high as it can it can be. That's right. They're literally doing interviews right on Zoom, right on Great. virtual. And they're hiring a lot of the staff right on the spot, right after that virtual. So, wow. tacotime.com backslash career. I was with a friend of mine up at that house, at whatever it's called, yeah, the, yeah. the Tumbling Tumble, Creek. Tumble Creek, yeah. yeah. And he was lived in Southern California for a long time. And he said the one thing I miss was taco, taco time. Yeah. And, which is weird because Southern California or anywhere in California is a yeah. million yeah. taco places. Yeah. And he said that that crispy burrito, like he just can't get it out of his head. Like that's the thing he misses the most is taco time. We had yeah. this conversation last night because it is yeah. awesome. It really is. It really and is. And it's amazing. kind of a hometown Northwest treat. Yeah. It's All great. right. So tacotime.com backslash career, $5,000 bonus, signing bonuses like the NFL. 
$5,000 signing bonuses for new GMs and $2,000 signing bonuses for assistant GMs. Uh, and everything's virtual in terms of their their interview schedule. That's great. Okay? All right. Episode 157 is in the books.